Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. up everybody hope you're doing well out there it is a tuesday it is january 9th 2024 we are sports take jacob sports youtube network my man tone to shields i am rob yes, ellis sir. hanging out with you tone I, i'm sure it's vastly different uh where you're at but we are we're under a flood watch here in philly man it, it, we're we are about Rude. it's already started it, it's coming man it's coming real real hard we're supposed to be in Maybe some trouble here in this area. So uh, be careful, well, folks. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Thank God ProAction has fortified your castle. That's the yes. thing. Yes. Shout out to ProAction for, for fortifying the castle before the flood, right? Now, yes. uh, we actually just had rain here uh, yesterday. A lot of it, actually. Like a lot. Which it is rare, right? Sideways. No. Oh, you actually, had like forest gump rain, like sideways and so upside down and it, all that it's, stuff. It's funny. When I first moved to Texas, the area that I'm in, um, but Texas as a whole, I guess, was going through a drought, right? Mm-hmm. I moved I moved down here late July, something like that. So uh, they were going through a drought. And when I tell you the grass was dry, bone dry, you can't even step on it barefoot, Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you want to step on the grass and get it between your toes. You know what I mean? Couldn't mm-hmm. do that in July. Yeah. But now we get a lot of rain. And uh, we it's rained at least 
once a week for the past several weeks, at least once, man. But um, but 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 flood watch in 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 uh, the Philly area right now. Yeah, well, wow. scary, right? Wow. You all right. No, I'm good. You got me. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought we lost you for a second. No, no. It's okay. um, <clears throat> yeah. It's been weird. We were um, we were also supposed to get a little uh you know, some snow over the weekend and it snowed a little bit, right. then it went right to the rain and stuff. So yeah, it's good for everybody who's out and about. I was about at probably two hours ago on the roads. It had just kind of started coming down pretty steady. So be careful out there for, for everybody. Anyway. Um, okay. All right. I want to start with this. Cause I, I want to, okay. I got the thermometer out. I got, I got, I'm going to do a little, uh, we're going to take some temperatures here because I don't uh, think anybody is 98.6 degrees right now. I think people are still extremely hot over what's gone down with the way the Eagles have closed yeah. out their season. So that's where I want to begin uh, with you, Tone, and kind of okay. look at this thing. I, first off, I want to see where you're at. Tuesday is usually a day where Monday motions, emotions are still running pretty high. By Tuesday, you start to come down a touch and level out a little bit. Have you leveled out, or are you just as fired up as you were? <laughs> that's funny. Um, I haven't been fired up in a few weeks, Rob. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, you're kind I've of kinda, down, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I guess I have been feeling beaten down about this team, but I've also kind of gotten to a point of acceptance. And you know, there are like stages of grief. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in the acceptance stage, if that's a stage. So, you know, when I you know when I think about this team, I think about a team that had. The highest aspirations, the you know one of the one of the highest ceilings in the NFL. We talked about it. We've seen it. Um, the talent is undeniable. Um, you know, say what you want, but on that defensive side, you got some names that should be playing better than what they're currently playing at. Um, but clearly, they have their deficiencies. Nonetheless, we had high expectations for this team. We come into this year, things were rocky, but they were winning still. So we were we were accept you know accepting of that or graceful to that, mm. and. Um, Things kind of came off the rails. And then you say, okay, one bad loss. The Niners, okay, you got cooked. You can redeem yourself in Dallas. Right. Try to get some confidence. Even if you lose, if it's close. Yeah, just hey. be, be be competitive in the game. Be taken exactly. down the wire. Yep. Because teams lose. Yep. Teams lose all the time. The Niners had a three-game losing streak. Um, there was a point in time where the Bills were not playing up the par. Teams lose. It's sure. okay to lose games. Like this is the NFL. Everyone's everyone's this is the highest level of this of this crap. Sure. Nonetheless, uh, the Eagles kind of turned one loss into two, two turned into four, mm-hmm. four became six. They're eleven and six on the yeah. season. The way the way they limp, they're, they're limping into the playoffs. I'm struggling to to remain optimistic about this team at least during this season. I am too. Like I, I had this talk a little bit earlier today with Seth Joyner and. You know, we, we were just kind of like, hey, do you believe the Eagles are three-point favorites in this game? You know, and I understand, you know, the people who make the lines for the games know what the heck they're doing or else there wouldn't be sports books. There wouldn't be more casinos going up, et cetera, et cetera. Our friends at Ocean, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but to me, in good conscience, and as I sit here on Tuesday, and, and look, I could the needle could move a little bit by the time, you know, Monday night rolls around, right? But – I, I just don't – I have a hard time on offense, on defense, and from a coaching perspective backing this Eagles team and figuring – like thinking – like I see people, and, and I think they're doing it half in jest in the uh, in the chat saying, are they playing possum a little bit? 
And I had somebody you know suggest that to me last night on on uh, on WIP. It's like if they're playing pot number one, if they're playing possum, meaning if this is all just hey we're we're gonna we're we're gonna kind of mess around here a little bit, and then all of a sudden boom hit you with some kind of surprise on Monday night. It's a disgrace because you put yourself in a spot where you're the fifth seed, right? As a yeah. one or a two. Number two, um, it's not ballsy; it's dumb. If that, I'm not. I mean, I think it's preposterous that they're that people think that they're doing this. But anyway, um, there's so many levels that in which it's wrong. So many levels in which this isn't just that. This is, I mean, across the board, um, coaching, players, uh, front office. That's how you get here. Everybody across the board has failed um, in a massive. I'm going to give you some defensive numbers tone in the third segment of the show. We have, by the way, we have Ray Didinger. We have a Hall of Fame. This called for a Hall of Famer. I had to put the Hall of Fame. I had to get the Hall of Fame call out. I put that out <laughs> and the bat signal, and, and then Ray Diddy came came flying in. So he's going to join us at 11:30, and then 12:30. I want to get into this too because there's a really weird. Flyer situation going on. Very, very bizarre in which they had to trade their their first pick, who actually looks like a beast because this guy refuses to play for them. So we're going to talk to Al Morgani about that at 1230. But in, in, in light of the, you know, sort of temperature taking that we're doing here, that's kind of where I want to look at this for you, where you're at. I Forget the possum thing, because I think we all, we both think that's absurd. Right. Where does this most fall for you? Like, I know, like, boy, man, it feels like everybody wants Sirianni gone. There's a lot of blame to go around for the players. I think Howie and Jeffrey should should wear some of this. But where where are you just generally when you look at this and say, man, if I had to put my stamp on one thing that is the reason for this team being in the mess that they're in, is there one thing? Can you Can you simplify it that much? I mean, there's so much blame to go around. It's... And it's um, fair to say, look, I can't just lay it. You know, where, where, just where are you? As much as I would love to say Nick Sirianni is the issue, he, he he's not. He's he he's 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 not the root of the issue. Let's put it that way. He's not the root of it all. Um, he's a symptom of the real issue, and that is, you know, the front office and upper management. You know, they have their own belief system in how this team should be ran, how they should build it, how they should form their coaching staff, so on and so forth, and. The fact of the matter is they like to have people in the building who who are like-minded, let's put it that way, who are, who are like-minded and who are a bit more agreeable. And when you're not that guy um, or even halfway not that guy, um, you tend not to last long. So Nick Sirianni here, he's in a situation where um, he's facing his real his actual, his real test of adversity. The first one, two or five, was that real adversity? Yeah, but rookie – rookie head coach, you kind of expect those things. But this is his first time, you know, really going through some things with this team. So, you know, a, a guy like Nick Sirianni, when he came in, the press conference wasn't that great. But I still I still was optimistic. Jalen Hurts showed some, you know, growth throughout that whole process. Right. Now his staff, Shane Steichen, he was, you know, he, he was a part of that growth. He's gone now. Who is Nick Sirianni now? What is he, you know, you know what's his specialty now? Okay, that's being a, an, an emotional regulator you know uh he understands the, you know the players and so on and so forth okay now that's not working for you anymore what value do you bring and you're talking about that you've been doing the same thing every year year after year after year things have to change things have to evolve i put that on him not evolving his offense jalen hurts has not 
played up to par this season. Yeah. You know, um, yes, he's had career. He has career highs in certain areas, but he also has a career high in turnovers. Mm. Can't he can't win games turning the ball over? It's just that simple. I don't care what play you're calling yeah. or not calling. Turn the ball over, can't win a game. Um, Harry Roseman, you know this defense. Short change the linebacker position as always. Yep. And um, you know we're betting on a lot of old guys on the back end. So you know, th- you know, there we are. Also, also some injuries, but overall, it's just you can really go about this so from so many different angles, Rob. Um, you know, just take your pick, really. All right, so here's where I'm at, Tone. I'm going to say coaching, and that that umbrella falls on Sirianni, the coordinators, and every single guy who coaches this team. <clears throat> and I'm going to exclude one, my guy, Michael Clay. My guy. That's my guy. That's so a guy now. Me. Now he's a guy. He's my guy. Yes, he is. Uh, forget everything I said last year. All right, so I'm going to exclude – I am serious, though. The special teams – do not belong in the same, you know, uh, pile that I'm putting everybody else in here. Right. Um, when you see the, the quarterback who was the runner up MVP regress, have the inability to handle a blitz, uh, mm-hmm. the turnover rate, um, you know, the, 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 the struggles in general that they've had to be a consistent offense, even though the numbers are still pretty solid. Um, the schematics, which appear to be the same thing you did last year. And it was kind of like, well, it worked last year. I got to tell you, nothing drives me crazier than hearing that kind of talk. And and you, the Eagles have rolled that out there a lot. And then on top of it, I think the play calling is so random. Uh, no rhyme or reason to anything. No setting up the defense. So I think the offense has been an even though the numbers are okay, I think it's been way below what it should have been, number one. And that falls yeah. on Sirianni and Johnson and every offensive coach. Then you go to the other side of the ball. Epic failure. Epic failure, Tone. They are 30th in points per game allowed, 31st against the pass, 10th against the rush only because they started off well against the rush. Let me follow up on that. 66 yards per game allowed through the first 10 games, which is the best in football. 145 since then, which is 31st. In every direction – they're trending wrong. They don't stop the run. They don't stop the pass. They give up a lot of points. Every player, every player on the defensive side of the ball has either gotten worse than they were last year or not developed this year. Every mm. single player. Okay. This team at every turn in every way that you look at it. Yes, they have 11 wins but they have been poorly coached from Jump Street. I think this has been a horrendous coaching job. Nick Sirianni wears it. The the coordinators that Jeffrey and Howie and Nick hired wear it. The desperation move to go to Patricia, which is exactly what it was, and it's gotten worse, uh, stands out uh, in a big way. I think the coaching has been awful this year for this team. Wow. You kind of went off there, and – I can't. I, I have no dispute with what you're saying. I've always looked at Nick Sirianni's guy, who, how can I say this? He he just got it right. He struck yeah. as a guy that just kind of fit in. You know, he tried to lean into the city. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he seemed like the kind of guy that you don't mind rolling with. But right. then he, but then you know, the he started to get really comfortable, and you started to see him at the games going rah rah with fan bases. And my thing is. Um, yeah, that's cute at first, but now, but, but, but when you're losing, you, you, you look stupid. So, uh, 
I think Nick Sirianni just doesn't really have the coaching gene, the head coaching gene, right? There's a certain there's a certain um, archetype or certain way that you probably should conduct yourself. There's probably some baseline things you should do as a head coach to conduct yourself. And uh, he checks some boxes. He doesn't check he he doesn't check the important ones though. Yeah. And right now, you're seeing in you're seeing in how his team has been responding to him through these times. Some some people say, "Wow, the first sign of the first sign of adversity." All of a sudden, people are jumping ship on Philadelphia Eagles. It's like, no, it's not that. It's more so the fact that it's so easy for the players to jump ship as well. Right. That's that that's more so what we're noticing, and we're reacting to that because because it's showing in the product. Right. It's showing in the effort. Right. It's showing in the performance. It's showing in the win loss column. Right. This team is no longer responding to him anymore. On top of that, you you know you brought up the talent deficiencies on the defensive side, um, but overall people are underperforming. Overall, there are, I feel like there's more of a. If, if you had to ask me, is this a talent issue or underperforming issue? I'm going to choose underperforming. I think there are more people who are underperforming than who just aren't talented enough. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I look. I think uh, I, I'm not arguing with any of that. I, I think that when you look at, um, again, it, it's it's simply put, look at the defensive line. Yeah, you got a lot of guys who aren't pulling their weight, who aren't doing what they should be doing across the board. And when I say that, you know, when I lay out my case with the coaching, I'm not letting the players off the hook. Okay. So I, I just understand where I'm coming from here. I, I, I Jalen, you know, for all the turnovers, I can't say that's all the coach's fault at all. That's on Jalen Hurts, and he's got to sure. be better at that. Um, you know, when you go to the defensive side, when guys miss tackles, that's not Sean Desai's fault. You know, you're a professional linebacker, man. You can't bring a guy down in space. That's a player issue. So I'm believe me, I'm not I'm not telling you this is all coaches and the players are they, mm-hmm. they don't they're not to blame at all. No, they're to blame too. Um in a big way. They've they've I, I think Tone, and I never thought I never thought that this would be the case. I think there's less fire in the belly, man. Like I believe Brandon Graham and uh Kelsey and the older guys who we always point to as leaders. Are, are trying their damnedest in terms of getting these guys up, getting them to understand what's at stake and how they're playing with fire here, you know, when they're about to go, you know, bye-bye. If they, if they keep playing around, it's going to be over Monday night. I think they're trying to get that message across. But sometimes, man, you know how it is. Uh, you, you either have, you, it, with your kids or with your buddies or with certain people in your life, you're trying to tell them, you're trying to give them the, you know, what, what, what's best for them, and they just aren't hearing you. And I get the sense that that's going on right now with this team. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree with that. You know this this team is get this team is um going through a, a real metamorphosis, right? You mentioned you know the you know the four big dogs, Kelsey Lane, uh, Fletcher BG. There's going to be a time very soon, actually, when they're not here, and then we're going to then, then we're going to start to ask ourselves, where are the leaders on this team? Yeah. Where are uh you know where are your core guys, right? You know, Dan Cilio uh, from the National Football Show he brought up a concept or an idea of who are your core guys going forward, right? Excluding you know the big four, you know because they're going to retire within the next year or two, maybe three years. They're going to be gone, right? Who who are your core players? That you can say without a doubt will be here five years from now. Like, who are your core guys that you can just know? You just know you feel right. So I ask you, right? Okay. Who are the core guys on this team that we can say 
they're lifers. Okay. Or we see, or we, not even lifers. We can envision the team investing in them the way they've invested in Kelsey Lane, um, you know, Fletch, uh, BG. Mm-hmm. You, you feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Who, who are those guys? I would just say this. First off, it's really hard. Like, it's miraculous that Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and, and Jason Kelsey have all played their entire career in this long with this team. It's, it really is. It's miraculous. It's hard to look five years forward in the NFL. Think about it. The Eagles won a Super Bowl six years ago. How many players are still left from that, right? Not many. Um, all right, so here's what, here's what I would say. I'm a, I'm a true believer in Jalen Carter. I know that his play has slowed down. I know. I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that, but I'm a, I'm a big-time believer in him. I'll go Jalen Carter. It's really tough on the defensive side. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't know that I believe in Jordan Davis. Um, I'm trying to think of the younger guys. Um, boy, oh, boy. All right, let me go to the other side. That, that's – Yeah, there's one point. guy on defense that I feel that way about. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive side of the ball. I'll go Landon Dickerson. I'll go. I'm willing to say. Uh, I'm willing to go there. The, the only issue with Jurgens is he's gonna he's gonna take center over, and I just don't know exactly what that's gonna look like. But right. I'll go Jurgens just for the sake of the discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Smith. Okay. I'll go Devontae. Is that how many is that? At four. That's four total so far. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go Jake Elliott or somebody. I'm not doing that. No. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I'll mm-hmm. go Jalen Hurts. I'll go Jalen Hurts. I'll go Devontae. I'll go Landon Dickerson. Uh, Cam Jurgens, I guess, which is a little bit of a reach. And Jalen Carter. I that, There's only one guy on the defensive side. That's not good. Yeah, and, and I not think good. that's why I really asked you, right? Because, you know, I would even add in Melata. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, my, my lot is good. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Um, you know, I, you know, I would add in him, but the main reason I asked this is because I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted to slowly lead you to the defensive side. Their defense almost has no future. Yeah. Like, like, well, like, what is the future of their defense really? Mm-hmm. You know, I look, I look at the Chiefs and I see a team that has a youth movement going and they're producing, right? Um, the Buffalo Bills defense when they're healthy. They've drafted a lot of those guys and they developed a lot of those guys like Matt Milano and um Poyer and Micah Hyde. Um you know, so they've they've developed guys. Yeah. When I look at this Eagles defense, I have a hard time seeing a long term a long term uh group of guys outside of Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this team's gonna look like. Within the next three years, the defense more so in particular. Yeah, I can't. I, I, can't, I think I, can't, I, can't I, I think it's a I think it's a fair exercise tone, um, to do because it does speak to some of the uncertainty. I also think it's a really hard exercise to do in that league. Yeah, there's just such turnover rate, man. But I but I but I think the problem more so is the fact that the Eagles have struggled to draft guys on the defensive side of the ball. That defense yeah. is filled with more mercenaries than guys that they've actually, you know, drafted and, you know, did you know did some real scouting on, right? right. Guys that they typically the guys you draft are supposed to be the foundation of your roster, and you sprinkle it in with the free agents and so on and so forth, yeah. and trades. You sprinkle it in, but you're but you're supposed to be able to have a foundation of guys that you drafted because you had them on a rookie deal. If there's more flexibility, 
Um, there's a higher likelihood of them returning because you drafted them, and there's a you know you know they grow roots there. You want to make sure you hit on your draft picks on the, on the, and on the defensive side. Of this team has not hit it has not hit on their draft picks. Um, more times than not, they've not hit. Let's put it that way. Um, Josh Sweat, yes, that was a hit ultimately, but Joshua's contract is over at the end of the next season. I think. Are they going to bring him back? What's their plan for him? Are they going to double down on how Sian Reddick, his contract is over at the exact same time? Um, what's the overall bigger picture for this defense? Jordan Davis, you drafted him, but is he a long-term answer? Can he stay in shape? Will he remain motivated? Right. We, we have to ask ourselves those questions. Nolan Smith, we have no idea what he is. So you're Good. right. I think Jalen Carter is the only person definitively that I can say I can see this team investing in for as long as he's productive. You make I think you make a really good point. Here the issue is if you exclude Carter and I think we're both on the same page with Carter like you just said. I don't know what Jordan Davis's future holds. Nolan Smith I'm not writing him off, but I really am disappointed there wasn't a little bit more shown this year. Okay? The Kobe Dean they kind of they kind of screwed Nolan Smith. They they should have played him earlier in the season where he can actually build up some equity, some confidence, you know, everyone's, yeah. you know, at that point, everyone's 0-0, so the stakes aren't as high. You know, they had an opportunity to really get him on the field early and off. Right. Same thing with Sidney Brown right. and all those kind of guys. They had not, they had opportunities to get them on the field and, and for them to take their lumps early. Yeah. And they and, and, and they failed at that. And they, and they wanted to, they all of a sudden decided to put them in, you know, when things are kind of, you know, you're entrenched in the season. Sure. Things, are, sure. things are a little tighter. Now the stakes are higher. You're expecting them to make plays. And the thing is, they're rookies still. Yeah. Let them get going early. Go through the growing pains and and the startup cost early, and then when it's you know now they're getting confident in the season. Now when you're eight and zero, nine and one, eight and one, nine and one, whatever it is, now they they have about ten games under their belt. They're more confident. They're no longer rookies anymore. They know the terminology. They know where they're supposed to be. They're playing instinctually and fast. You got these guys thinking out there now. So they've they're banking on Keely Ringo to hit. They're bank they're banking on Sidney Brown to get back healthy and and hit. You know, they're banking on so many guys that they really didn't do right by when everything really started. They're banking on the Kobe Dean to hit, Nolan Smith. They kind of miss – I don't like how they handle young players, in my, in my humble opinion. If you're not a first-rounder, I don't like how they handle you in the long term. Yeah. They, they, kind, of, they kind of shelve you. Yeah, no, no. I, listen, I, I I understand what you're saying. I I, I think it's it, – certainly with the Nolan Smith thing, there, that's fair. I, I think the other, the other thing that's tough for me is – I, I feel good, but I can't say I'm 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 sold. Like I feel good about Sidney Brown. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he's he's done with the ACL. I feel good about Keely Ringo, but I can't say I'm positive on Keely Ringo. Uh, so there's some guys in the secondary who look like they could be pieces for the future here. You know, let's see what happens with Ricks and and some of these guys when they get a little bit more experience under their belt. So there could be foundational pieces there. Right now, it's just hard to tell. You know, a part of it is because you you have the older veterans there. You have Slay there. You have Bradbury there. You know, Maddox to a degree. And they, these guys can't really get the full opportunity. And I think they were thrown in there way before they were ready. They were half, you know, half-baked, and you're pulling them out of the oven already. You got to give them a little bit more time. So I think with those guys, it's a little bit tougher just to pronounce one way or the other. They're, they're in, like, wait-and-see mode um, for mm. me. 
um, on that side of the ball. All right, let, let's get a timeout, Tone. Yes. Let's come back, and we're going to talk to the Hall of Famer himself, the one and only Ray Dittinger. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid, family owned since 1985. 20 different styles of pizza, slices to go. They have the specialized pizza however you want it. They will make it. They don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta. Sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions at the Bravo Pizza of. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown is the address. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. is Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Tuesday. Been too long since we talked to our next guest. I'm thrilled uh, that he was able to hop on and give us a couple minutes today. He is a pro football Hall of Famer, among many other accolades that we will throw his way. There he is, our guy, Ray Dinger. Ray, does that ever get old, man? When you hear yourself introduced, (laughs) do you still pinch yourself to this day? (laughs) Um, No, I'm always... uh... I always, as the introduction's going on, I'm wondering, okay, who who are they talking about? <laughs> you're looking, you're looking over your shoulder. Yeah, like, I'm who, kind of saying, who else? Wait a minute, somebody else in the room with me? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's good. It's all good. I uh, I enjoy it. I've um, been doing it a long time, uh, 53 years, uh, and uh, I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it all. Sometimes more than others. Like right now, we're in, in one of those more difficult times. But on the whole, it's been uh, it's been a really great ride. Well, I, I, that's why I, I thought you'd be perfect for today, Ray, because you lend such a, an historical perspective uh, to things. And I actually caught a little bit of you. I think you were on. Correct me if I'm wrong. If it was Saturday or Sunday, I believe it was Sunday, with Glenn Macnow and Jody Mack, and right. on, on WIP. And I was listening to you, and they were asking. This is obviously prior to the loss on Sunday. Okay, so just keep that in mind. But they asked you for a comp for what's happened to this Eagles season, okay? If, if there is a, you know, one that you covered, et cetera. You went back to 81. I want to get to that in a minute, but just from what you're seeing here with this team, right, and you obviously keep it, still keep a very close eye on it, um, what happened? I'll ask you a very simple question. How did we get here? Um, I think a lot of things that we um, thought were true, Prove not to be. Sometimes that happens, you know, in sports in different seasons. Uh, I was on with you and Gunner the week before the opener, uh, way back September, uh, and I remember saying to you then that I felt going into the season, going into the season, I felt the Eagles were the best team in the NFL. I thought, in terms of the overall roster, I thought they were the best. I really believed that. Now we talked about various aspects of that. You know, I said, I think they have some issues on defense. You know, they're probably going to have to have five new starters. Um, we have a defensive coordinator that's new. Um, there are some things they're probably going to have to work out on that side of the ball. But offensively, I remember I, I, my feeling was this was going to be the NFL's most dynamic offense. You know, because you were bringing back the offense of last year, which was already very good. And the only real change was you had brought in DeAndre Swift to replace Miles Sanders, which in my view was an upgrade. Right. So, you know, I thought going into the season, I thought whatever issues you had defensively, 
the offense would be more than good enough to make up for that for at least the first half of the season when the schedule was fairly manageable. And then hoping by the back half of this thing that the defense would start to get up to speed. And you've got to now going to the playoffs that it would all be kind of clicking. Well, you know, what's happened is, you know, the defense proved to be far, far worse than, than, than any of us imagined. Um, and right now it's, it's right now their defense is playing as bad as any defense in the NFL. I mean, even the bad teams, even the teams whose seasons are over at the end of the year, we're playing better defense than the Eagles. So the defense has pretty much fallen apart and the offense. And to me, that's that you can kind of understand that because it turned out that the personnel wasn't nearly as good as I kind of thought it was. That's Mm. on me and everybody else. So that you can kind of say, okay, that, that is what it is. They need better players. Simply put, the offense is the greater puzzle because you still have really good players on the offense, but yet this year they have never really clicked and put it together the way that we thought they would. And frankly, given their personnel, the way they should have. You know, Mr. Didiger, um, first and foremost, thank you for coming on. Um, we appreciate you. Um, you mentioned how you had your early season or preseason, you know, predictions or your, uh, your preseason evaluation, right? And obviously we know what we know now. When you look at this team from top to bottom, ownership, front office, coaching, quarterback position, um, where do you place most of the blame for their um, lackluster out, lackluster output, especially over the past several weeks? Where do you place most of the blame? I think when a team, when you have a season like this, um, I think everybody everybody wants to point the finger at one person, one unit, one thing. Uh, and when you collapse to the degree that this team has collapsed, it's never quite that simple. I mean, everybody's had a role in it. Possible exception of Jake Elliott. <laughs> he, might be, he might be the one guy that I'll I'm say. I'm giving special teams a pass, Ray. They were yeah, fine I, this year. Honestly, yeah. If, yeah. If, you wanted to, if you wanted to take one unit and just sort yeah. of say, okay, you guys, you're excused. Okay, uh, it would probably be them because the place kicker, the punter, and the return man have all yep. been really good. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no. I mean, you've got a lot of issues on offense, an incredible number of issues on defense. Um, the coaching has been not very good, and it's not just. I'm not just saying Nick Sirianni because that's where everybody looks first. But it's been. The, I think the coaching has been poor, top to bottom. Mm. Um, I mean, is there? I I don't mean – well, it might be unfair to single one guy out, but okay, I'll I'll give it a try. Is there any defensive line coach in the NFL that has gotten less out of his personnel than Tracy Rocker? No. I mean, you look at the guys that he has to play with, and you look at what – you know, the level of production or non-production you've seen the second half of the year. I mean, come on. Um, But I think that's just one example. But I think that – and. You know, you can fault Howie for the construction of the roster. Beginning of the year, I thought it was really good. I thought they could – I didn't think they had – I didn't think they had great personnel on defense, but I thought they were good enough if the defensive line had played the way I thought it was going to play. Um, but we knew the linebackers weren't going to be great. Um, we were hoping you could squeeze um, another good year out of the two corners, Slay and Bradbury, who you knew were older. Um, and, you know, I remember years ago uh, – an old, an old NFL coach said to me that 
The thing with defensive backs, especially corners, is the age and dog years. Mm. You know, they, I mean, the age and dog years. I mean, from one year to the next, a guy could be a totally different player. And boy, you've seen that with Bradbury. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty good last year. Yeah. Um, this year, I mean, he's been, frankly, a liability. Um, the, I think they miss Gardner Johnson in the secondary. I mean, he was a playmaker. Uh, and the secondary is not making many plays on top of things. So the, the defensive personnel, I think Howie probably overestimated what they could do. Um, and on the offensive side, just too many mistakes. You know, turning the ball over, um, dumb penalties, poor play calling, uh, poor judgment in a lot of cases. And that goes to the coaches, but it also goes to the players. And when you have a defense that has as many holes in it as the Eagles defense has right now, when the offense, when the offense is, tur- is mistake prone and turning the ball over the way this offense is, then that puts even more pressure on what's already a pretty suspect defense. So that's it. I mean, I mean, it's been, it's not as simple as saying, Oh, it's his fault or their fault. It's everybody's fault. And mm-hmm. the question is, you know, can they possibly get it back together in enough time to go down and win a playoff game Monday night in Tampa? Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, everything's fine. No, uh, right. Let, other than maybe AJ Brown and Fletcher Cox, tell me a player on this roster, offense or defense, not special teams, who's gotten better. Has gotten better, better. Um, who's played better this year than they did last year, say. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and that, that I, I can't come up with anybody else. Yeah. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really running, you know, I'm running through the, the lineup in my mind. Well, um, you know, it's, it's so funny, Mr. Didinger. I was saying to Rob earlier that the fact of the matter is you have a roster full of players who have underperformed. And I know we've talked about it being a talent issue, but when you look on that defense, and you when you were looking at defense, and you read that you know that uh, that depth chart, you say to yourself, "Okay, not bad." So yeah, they are older, but I think this roster is more is filled more so with guys who have underperformed rather than not having the talent. What do you think about that? That's certainly part of it. Uh, that's certainly part of it. I I think if if you look at the defense. If, if, let's just look at the defensive side of it for a moment. Uh, I think at the linebacker position and in the secondary, they're they're just not they're just not good enough. Uh, they they're just the, the personnel there at the linebackers and the defensive backs just aren't good enough. Uh, I think Sidney Brown um, has a chance to be a pretty good player. Yep. It's a shame that he got injured. Hopefully, he'll come back next year. But I think that he has a chance to be a part of a pretty good defense moving forward. Other than that, linebacker, defensive back, I don't think there's a player out there. Um, and the defensive line, on the other hand, I think you do have players that have some talent. That's where the underachievement is. Mm. I think the linebackers and the, and the secondary are kind of playing to what, given their personnel, that's kind okay. of what you would expect. They're just, they're just not that good. The defensive line in terms of their pedigree, the um, what you've invested in them, both in terms of their draft status and what you're paying them, they have way underperformed. 
Yes. You know, and what you were kind of hoping for, or at least what I was kind of hoping for, and I think most fans were, look, I know we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be great on the back end, but if our defensive line is as good as I think it's going to be, you know, they'll stop the run, they'll get the pressure on the quarterback, and they'll make allow those guys to play well enough for us to win. And that hasn't been true. I mean, the defensive line has been as much of a problem as anything, especially down this five or six game skid that you're on right now. I mean, the defensive line is in a, on a team where everything has just kind of imploded now for more than a month. If you had to ask me what is the most disappointing aspect of it, I would probably point to the defensive line because I thought that they had the ability to be so much better. Mm. Same. I, 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 there's no excuse for them. I agree with you. There's not enough talent on the back end. The back seven, there's not enough talent. They have more than enough talent to be playing the way that they're playing. Let, let's talk about Hurts here, Ray. Um, you know, it's the turnover rate, extremely high uh, this year. The, the, the blitz thing, I think you can lay at his feet and the coach's feet. It's been an issue, and we knew they knew what Wink Martindale was going to do last week, and they acted like they never saw it before. Uh, what do you think's happened there with his play? I mean, there's still some good things for sure, but he hasn't been as good as he was last year. What, what do you think's happening there? Um, I think it's a lot of different stuff. Uh, I think early in the year, he was playing through an injury, yep. uh, which I think affected him. Didn't like to talk about it. Coaches didn't like to talk about it, but it was obvious, I thought, from fairly early in the season that he was playing through something physical, which I think hurt him. The other part of it is what happens to all Super Bowl-type teams one year later, which is last year, if you watched the Eagles, and I know we all did, uh, their offense was way ahead of everybody they played. I mean, they... They were one, two steps ahead of the defense every time they snapped the ball because nobody quite knew what they were going to do, uh, largely because they didn't quite know what Jalen Hurts could do at that point. Uh, is he going to run? Is he going to pass? Is he going to – Is he? we really don't know how good a deep passer he is. Wow, look at that. You know what? He's better than we thought. I mean, there was a lot of things about this Eagles offense last year that in many ways was a revelation to the teams they were playing. Mm. Uh, and I think they learned over the course of time – especially, and this is another aspect of the coaching, especially with Shane Steichen calling call the plays, um, they were a really good offense. They made big plays. They attacked the field at all levels, and they didn't make mistakes. They were an incredibly effective and productive offense in terms of moving the ball, getting first downs and scoring points, and at the same time protecting the ball. They didn't make mistakes. Now, and that's what got them to the Super Bowl, and they almost won the Super Bowl. Um, what happens to teams like that in the NFL, because it's just pro football, um, every team, every other team in the league in the offseason, they get that tape out and they say, let's look at this, okay? And now they have six months to study your offense, and they'll say, okay, I see what they were doing. All right, we'll, when, if we play them this year, we'll do this, this, and this. We'll force them. We'll take that away and we'll force them to do this, this, and this. The teams that you played this year, and this is starting in week one against New England, the teams you played this year and you saw it right away, they had a far better idea of how to defend this team than they did last year. Mm -hmm. So you combine that knowledge on the other side of the ball to the fact that you now have a, 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 you've lost an offensive coordinator 
who was a very good play designer and a very good play caller. You've lost him and you're bringing in a guy who's totally new to that role. Um, I think that sort of changed a lot of it. And, you know, that will, that will impact everybody, but it will impact the quarterback more than anybody else. And I think that's what's happened with Jalen Hurts. Um, and you look at what's happened with him. I mean, last year, his decision-making was really good. You, he, he rarely made a play that you look back and said, wow, why did he, what was he thinking there? I mean, his judgment was remarkably good and consistent. That's not true this year. I mean, there are a lot of decisions he's made with the ball that, frankly, you're looking at and said, wow, why did he do that? I think a lot of it is that, that he's tried to take more upon himself. And as a result, if you try to do that, if you try to maybe do too much or you try to press too much, sometimes you'll make mistakes. And you look at the amount of turnovers this year compared to last year, I mean, it's the difference of night and day. So, Mr. Didinger, based off everything you've said, quarterbacks, the quarterback has regressed. Uh, the offense as a whole has regressed. Um, the offensive game plan or whatever they're trying to accomplish, the scheme, you know, how they do business has not been as effective this year versus last year. You, co- you, you correlate that with the loss of Shane Steichen. How much of how much of how much of everything we've laid out is on Nick Sirianni? How, how much of how much are we going to indict him based on everything that has happened and his inability to adjust? And do you buy into the narrative that he's on the hot seat? Well, the head coach will always bear the ultimate responsibility. Um, it, it, you know, he has, if all else is failing, he's the guy that is most responsible for trying to get it back on track. He clearly hasn't been able to do that. Um, is it all his fault? No. Um, but you see things that, look, a lot of the stuff that's happened on defense, Nick is not a defensive coach. Right. Um, uh, so I think the greater responsibility sort of falls on what's happening with the offense because that is Nick's side of the ball. And when you see things like, and a lot of people are talking about it this week, the, the Giants game, this last Giants game, um, when you know you're going up against a defensive coordinator who is going to blitz you every play, uh, and you go into that game and your team reacts as if they've never seen a blitz before, when you knew the day the schedule came out <laughs> what you were going to be facing that game, and you go into that game that woefully unprepared to deal with something that was that obvious, you know, that speaks to the whole coaching staff, but it certainly does speak to Nick Sirianni. And, you know, you look back at that, and I, I certainly went back and I looked at it again. Um, and it's sort of, I, I hesitate to say this because it's, it, some people could say it's an oversimplification and maybe to some degree it is, but there is a basic truth here that there are ways that you can attack a blitz and, and hit big plays yourself against the blitz. Um, but there's also has to be built into your approach a way that you can just make the other plays in between that can allow you to make them rethink what they're trying to do. The simplest way is what they call blitz beaters, you know, uh, site adjustments, hot routes, where if you know somebody's going to be blitzing and the Giants were blitzing from the minute they came out the tunnel on Sunday, okay, they're coming, they're coming here. 
We're going to go underneath. We're going to run slants. We're going to run digs. We're going to do turnouts. We're going to get receivers open quick that the ball can come out of the quarterback's hand and beat the blitz that way. The Eagles countered it in in a way where we often hear Nick talk about pro football is a game of big plays. To win in the NFL, you have to make big plays. And I think sometimes he is too big play conscious. So his way of dealing with the blitz was to continue to run vertical routes, was to try and burn guys and hit them with big plays and then make them back off. But the pressure was getting on hurt so fast, he had nowhere to go with the ball. And that's when you saw him sort of spinning, running, trying to extend the play Mm -hmm. to hit guys downfield when, no, there's there's another way you can deal with this, and that's with underneath stuff, which they never went to. And it seemed as if they weren't prepared to go there. And that's, you know, that to me, that's something you lay at the feet of the coaches, you know, all of the offensive staff, the offensive coordinator and the head coach, too, because I think in a lot of those situations and for the largest part of that game, I mean, they put Jalen Hurts in a position that was going to be very, very difficult for him to succeed. Yeah, I I think well said. Right. Let's look at the other side, the move to Patricia. And while it wasn't great with Desai, it's certainly gotten worse. Um, Did at the time, did that sort of reek of desperation to you? Were you on board with the move? And how do you think they move forward, especially if this is an early exit on that defensive side? Um, it's desperation. Um, I it, They've clearly gotten worse. You know, I mean, yeah. it's they, they, they have. I mean, but at the time that they made the move, I... My feeling was, you know, I, I understand why they're doing it. I mean, they're, they're just not playing. They're just not playing well on that side of the ball. Uh, and it looked to me like the def, it looked to me like the defensive coordinator was lost. And um, and the fact that that they made a change was I surprised? Yeah, a little bit because teams generally don't like to worry about that because of the message that's going to send to the rest of the team. But I kind of understood it. Yeah. Not that I thought that Matt Patricia, based on his track record, was going to be an immediate solution, but the idea of trying something different, okay, I kind of get it. Um, now, what's happened since then has been demonstrably worse. I mean, they're, they were playing poorly enough <laughs> before this that the thought of changing coordinators was not out of the question. But what's happened since then are actually playing worse now because what you have now is nothing is improved. Nothing's gotten better. The players are the same, but now you've added more confusion to it than existed before. So mm-hmm. guys, you know, guys still aren't getting off blocks. Okay. Um, you have guys at the second level and, and on the back end that still can't tackle. Um, they can't cover. They can't seal off the middle of the field. So all of those problems that existed before still exist now. But you've added in a level of confusion where you see guys now don't know where to go, don't know where to line up. So you've you've actually taken what was a bad situation and made it worse. Hmm. You know, last one for me, uh, Mr. Dittinger. Um, Do you think this team has flat out given up on not just this season, but also on Nick Sirianni, you know, as their as their coach. Clearly, the past several weeks, effort has been lacking. Um, there was a point where, where we did blame fatigue 
and rightfully so. But I think at this point, now we're seeing um, a lack of effort, especially on the defensive side um, in that Giants game. You know, do you just do you believe this team is kind of growing, growing uh, tired of uh, Nick Sirianni's voice? Has he has it gone stale? Um, there are there are indications that it's clear the message is not getting through. It's clear the message is not getting through. Uh, is that the coach's fault or is that the player's fault? I don't know. I, I guess you could argue that one from either side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that there is a disconnect now between the coaches and the players. Uh, and I have to tell you that when I heard the news last week that it's going to be a players only meeting, I said to somebody that very day, I said, they're going to lose to the Giants. Uh, I mean, before, look, I, I know the Giants. The, the Giants, are they stink, okay? And going into it, I thought, ah, oh, the Eagles always beat the Giants. They'll, they'll figure out some way. They'll beat the Giants on Sunday. Honestly, honestly, the, when I heard players-only meeting, I said to somebody that day, I said, they're going to lose Sunday. Because mm. I have been around sports <laughs> for a long time. And I've seen players only meetings in all sports across and they, they in my view, they never work. Right. <laughs> I mean, all the only thing that comes out of players only <clears throat> there's a couple of things about players only meetings. Number one, the way I've kind of always viewed it is to me it's a bad sign that the coach is taking himself out of this out of the situation. That the coach is basically saying, Look, I'm the coach, but you know, I'm gonna leave the room and you guys figure it out. That in and of itself is not a healthy thing to me. But the other part of it is when you get the guys in that room and the idea is we're going to clear the air. Okay. To me, what happens is they, they poison the air because you want you wind up with a lot of guys pointing fingers at each other, units pointing fingers at other units, a lot of blame shifting. Um, everybody thinks it's, a, it's about accepting, a, a, accepting responsibility and accountability. It usually goes the other way. It usually turns into guys saying all the resentment stuff that they've been holding in up to that point, and the team winds up leaving the locker room more fractured than when it went in. I guess there may be some examples out there of teams that had players-only meetings and benefited from it, but but to me, the history of those, in my experience, has been quite the other way. And when you look back at what you saw on the field up at the Meadowlands on Sunday – did that look like a bunch of guys that had found themselves in that players only meeting? I don't think so. Last one from me, Ray. Um, we've seen teams like Jacksonville, Doug's, you know, whacking a lot of assistant coaches here after that ugly ending to their season. What's your best guess if let's say the Eagles don't get out of Tampa, if it ends that way, is it Nick or is it the coordinators, major coaching changes? What do you think happens here? Or do they view it as, Hey, there's a reason why so many teams struggle after either getting to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. How do you think it's viewed organizationally if that's if this happens and it plays out this way? Well, there is your final point cannot be just dismissed. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard. I mean, it is really hard to go back to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Not many teams do it. Uh, and if you look at the, and I mean, this doesn't excuse everything that's happened these last few weeks. But I think it has to be put in some sort of context. And you look at the Eagles 
each year after they went to a Super Bowl, what that next year was like. Um, we, you mentioned at the very beginning. Yeah, so talk of the, to me about 81, right? 81 you, season. Okay. Uh, Eagles lose the Super Bowl to the Raiders. Vermeil is the coach. Uh, that whole offseason was all about, well, we got there. We got that experience. We're going to go back. You know, we're going to go back this year. Um, we're smarter now. We're a year more experienced. We've been through that postseason. We've been through the big game. Now we're going to go back and win it. They started that year. Honestly, the similarities between that year and this year are almost eerie. You hear all the same stuff through the offseason. You hear all the same stuff through the preseason. They start the regular season, boom, 6-0, and best team in the league, blowing teams out. They get to midseason, 9-2, and best record in the NFL. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they lose. They start to lose. One. Two, three, four. And they come to the end of the year. They're 10, they're 10 and six. They go in as a wild card team into the playoffs and they get bounced in the first round by the Giants. Mm. You look at the year after Andy's team went and lost to the Patriots in Jacksonville. They come back the next year and all kinds of stuff happens. It's the TO thing yeah. blows up. Okay, right from the start, right in the middle of training camp. There's all kinds of issues. McNabb gets hurt. Mike McMahon comes in. That whole season is a disaster from the jump. They win six games. They don't even make the playoffs. They go to the they go to the Super Bowl and win it under Doug. And remember Doug at the art museum? This is it. This yep. is the new normal. Yep. And that that turned out to be a very unhappy year. You know, you have Wentz trying to come back from the injury. Wentz comes back. Foles, who won you the Super Bowl, has to go to the bench. Wentz struggles. There's a riff. Play Nick, play Carson, play Nick. It's a terribly unhappy year. They struggle most of the year. At the end of the year, they kind of get it turned around. They get to the playoffs. Foles comes back. They win the double doink game. Then they lose in New Orleans. Okay, they got to the playoffs, but it was a it was a bumpy, unhappy, miserable, snipey kind of year. Mm-hmm. And and now you got this, you know, and I just think that it's really hard that second year. So some of the stuff that's happening now, not all of it, but some of the stuff that's happening now is has happened to this team and a lot of teams the year after a Super Bowl, especially after you lose a Super Bowl. It's a very, very hard. It's a very, very hard thing to come back now to your question, uh, Rob, about. Uh, what, what does this mean for Sirianni? Um, I know there is a loud voice out there of people that want him gone. I mean, if you, I mean, if you did a man on the street today, chances are pretty good that you would have people saying, uh, now he should, he should be fired. Um, I would be very, I would be very surprised regardless of what happens in Tampa. I'd be very surprised if the Eagles made that, if the Eagles made that move, I'd be very surprised if they fired Sirianni. Um, I saw the look on Jeffrey Lurie's face coming off the field after the Cardinal game, uh, and he was angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he wasn't just depressed or sad. He was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, but angry enough to fire Sirianni, uh, who's now been your coach for three years and taking you to the playoffs all three years, took you to the Super Bowl last year, to make that dramatic a move? I don't think so. But – 
Will there be major changes within the organization? Yes, I think so. I think there, I think there should be, and I think there will be a lot of changes within the coaching staff. Uh, but I don't see them making the change at Sirianni. But here's the other thing. If Jeffrey and Howie take Nick Sirianni aside and say, Nick, we want you to stay as our head coach, but we want you to get rid of this assistant, this assistant, this assistant, this assistant, which they wouldn't necessarily be wrong in saying that. Mm -hmm. But if that's what they put in front of Nick Sirianni then, what if Nick says, no, I'm not making changes. Kind of like Doug at the end. Exactly what happened with Doug. I mean, they didn't have the intention of firing Doug after that year. You know, that Jeffrey was just going to have his after the season meeting with Doug, and he told him the changes he felt needed to be made on the coaching staff. And Doug, who had gone along with it the previous year, this time said, no, no, I'm not making changes. And that's what brought about the change. Jeffrey said, no, no, we want you to. Well, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. That's how they came to a parting of the ways. I do really believe that there's going to be a mandate from above to make changes on the coaching staff, the coordinators, the, the position coaches, there, there should be, there should be. Yeah. Um, but is, is Sirianni going to be willing to go along with that? Or is he going to push back on that? I don't know that part. I don't know, but I, I don't think they're going to go straight to, they're going to start by firing Nick. I just don't think they want to make that change right now, because frankly, if you look at his, look, the last six weeks have been pretty ugly, but if you look at the whole body of work over three years, it's been pretty good. Yeah, two, three playoff appearances, one Super Bowl. I, I'm sorry, Ray. Last one. I, I appreciate you giving us all this time. What happens Monday in your estimation uh, w- with the game? Do, do you think the Eagles can rally here, get their act together, and beat this Bucks team? That, that let's face it, it's about as good a matchup as you could possibly get if you're the Eagles. Uh, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, it is. It, it really is. I mean, they. Um, I mean, you saw in Week Three, they went down to Tampa and won that game, and I mean. It looked easy. You know, I mean, they totally outclassed the Bucs in that game, uh, offensively and defensively. Now, they're a far different team now. Um, and the Bucs aren't a whole heck of a lot better. <laughs> you get right down to it. Uh, and you've got, you know, Baker Mayfield. I don't know how many people watched the game this past week where they, you know, 9 nothing over Carolina. Boy, that was a game that set the NFL back about 40 years, that thing. <laughs> but, I mean, if you, if you watch Baker Mayfield – I mean, he could barely get on and off the field. I he's, mean, he's hurt. Got, he's got yeah. he's got bad ribs. He's got a bad ankle. Um, I, you know, I I think this is. I, I'm not saying this to be a wise guy, but uh, these are two teams that, right now, I don't know if they're capable of winning games, but they're both extremely capable of losing games. So mm. I think so. I think what you're going to get on Monday night is I don't think either team is going to come out and be super efficient and dominate the other. But what's more likely to happen is over the course of four quarters, one of those teams is going to commit more dumb penalties, drop more passes, turn the ball over more, and that team will lose mm. and the other team will advance. But it isn't necessarily that team is going to say, oh, they went and they played great and they won one of these teams is probably going to lose this game more likely than the other team is going to win it. Could the Eagles do that? Yeah, I think they could. You know, I, I think they could. I, I, you know, I don't think there's a huge home field advantage down in Tampa. There's probably going to be a whole bunch of Eagles fans down there. Yeah. Um, the Eagles aren't playing very well right now, but, you know, the Buccaneers aren't going to score a whole lot of points. The one, the one matchup within the game that scares me um, is 
who on this Eagles team is going to cover Mike Evans? You know, if, if Baker Mayfield is – if he's capable of, of standing up and putting a ball anywhere near Evans and Godwin, I don't know if the Eagles have defenders that can, that can stop that. But yeah. the question is, you know, is, is Baker Mayfield going to be well enough to make those throws? But I know that matchup of the, of the Bucks receivers against this Eagles secondary is not a good one for the Eagles. No question. Uh, yeah. Right. Awesome. Awesome, man. We, we, Mr. Didiger, thank love you. Love having you on. We love having you on. I uh, love catching up. And I, I do want to, I know you have an appearance, Ray, uh, which I, I want to let everybody know. You're at, let me pull it up here um, because Ray would never toot his own horn. So I'm going to toot his horn, horn for him. Uh, Ray has an appearance on the Road to Victory kickoff party tour at Wicked Wolf in Philadelphia, Thursday at 6 p.m. You'll be with Dave Zingaro, John Clark, Ruben Frank, and Ray as well. So, Ray, they get to stop out and see that handsome face in person, man. So, uh, enjoy. Have fun. Anything else uh, you have on the horizon here we should know about, Ray? No. No, nothing else. Uh, I've got We've got that one, that uh, playoff preview party, which uh, – you know, we're going to show up. I don't know if anybody else will, but uh, we're going to we're going to be there and and see uh, and sort of get the pulse of the Eagles fans and see if they see how how optimistic they are about this team possibly winning this game and moving on. Um, it would be nice to it'd be nice to be starting the playoffs with the hope, even if it's a faint hope, the hope that this team could get back to a Super Bowl. But realistically, based on what we're seeing now, probably not. Could they win Monday night? Yeah, maybe, but uh, I don't want to look too far down the road. Let's just talk about Monday night. Gotcha. Ray, thank you. Appreciate a couple minutes, man. Thank you, my, sir. Pleasure, my pleasure, Rob. Tone, nice seeing you. I'll see Likewise. you again later. All right, Take Tone. Care. All, All right. right, Ray, thank you. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it, man. Always always great catching up with Ray, man. That's why he's that's why he's the awesome. GOAT, Tone. Give, give us a great time, a great amount of time. I appreciate him. Yeah. All right, let's come back. Uh, like I said, I want, I want to dig into the defense a little bit. We'll talk to Al Morgani about the Flyers situation at 12 30 but i want to dig into uh to this this eagles defense at one o'clock tone a lot to get to including some injury updates for teams in the playoffs mm -hmm. uh and a bunch of other things uh going on so you don't want to go anywhere that's tone to shields i am rob ellis we're sports take jacob sports youtube network let's talk about jim murray and principal financial group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a very scary proposition i'm there in the, at the front of that line man but i can tell you from personal experience for for years in fact the Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are people that I trust with my hard-earned money. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you need help with your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I have personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, 
We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. Let's hit the like button if we could. Appreciate it. All right, we just wrapped things up with Ray Dinger. If you missed any of that, uh, you can always go to jacobsports.com. You can always go to Jacob Sports YouTube channel and check out any of our segments uh, that Absolutely. we do. You know, full shows, Tone. Uh, and we appreciate it because we, you know, we see the numbers and we know how many people watch this show, and it's a lot. Uh, and it's a lot. I know everybody can't do it in real time, but we appreciate when you go back and uh, and check it out. So if you missed any of Ray, uh, you can watch that. All right. I mentioned some of this earlier when it, in regards to the defense tone, uh, but let, let's tackle a couple of these other things, you know, regarding them. So last year we know they had 70 sacks, which is the third most in NFL history, the most they've ever had in their club history. And they've been around for a long time. Okay. Um, this year, the sack numbers are way down to 43. Uh, right. In fact, um, in t- just in 2022 alone, so last year alone, their edge rushers had 38 sacks, just the edge guys. So they had almost as many as they had all of this year, right? But mm-hmm. but here's the issue, Tom. Uh, if you look at a couple of things, through 16 games, um, through nine games, excuse me, through nine games of this season, they had 16 sacks, their edge guys. You know how many the edge guys have in the last eight games? 
One. No, not that. It's not that bad. Four and a half. Okay. That's that's bad. Okay. That's yeah. really bad. Last eight games, Josh Sweat, none. Uh since week 10, Hassan Reddick had a had a two sack game, but that was it. Other than that, there wasn't another game where he had a single sack in the game. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, one sack on the season. Brandon Graham, three sacks on the season. Right. Carter and Davis extremely quiet of late. They're just not getting enough from that defensive line, plain and simple. I mean, Ray, Ray didn't just say it best. That defensive line has been the on the defensive side at least, they've been the biggest underachievers because that's where the largest investment is, right? If you want to, you know, if you want to look at it from that perspective, you invested a lot in that defensive line. You expect them to win more times than not. You expect them to be the catalyst to your defense, right? The first line of defense. Let's put it that way, right? They're the first line of defense for that Eagles defense based off of the amount of money they've invested in it, right? If they invested a lot of money at linebacker, then they're basically telling you we expect a linebacker, we expect the linebacker position to be our first line of defense against anything. So for them, it's a D line. And they have underperformed, especially over the past several weeks. It's 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 really no question. There's it's no debate about it. Um, you can't really defend it anymore. At this point, uh, I mentioned there was a point in time where I I lended a lot to fatigue, especially for a guy like Josh Sweat. Um, at the, I'm at the point now where uh, I'm no longer giving anyone that out. At this point, I'm looking at effort. I'm looking at one, two, desire, body language, all that kind of stuff. And look, I can't read their minds. I don't know what's on their hearts, but I, I know what I'm seeing on the field. And there's a disconnect um, between coach and player. There's a disconnect between what's expected and what's actually being given. Oh, I, I think so too. And I, I, I think there's a lot of things going on. I, I think, I think they're being really poorly coached. I think that the 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 game plan isn't good enough. You're not figuring out how to put guys in the, in the best position to succeed. What I mean by that, a great example of that is Hassan Reddick dropping back into coverage as much as he has. I I, I think there's this is my system you're going to fit in it rather than what do you, what do you do best? Oh, how can I put you in the best position to succeed? And I think they're just, just ultimate failures across the board. And the, the, the thing is, we know that this, this Eagles team is set up two different ways, Tone. One, you better score a lot of points because the defense is going to give up points. And two, your defensive line better play well because your secondary isn't that good and not going to be able to cover for a long period of time. And the fact that they haven't gotten de- the good defensive line play and the offense has been up and down, that's if you want to look at a contributor to why they've lost five of the last six, that's a huge part of it. Like those two things right there, offense being up and down and defensive line just not being good enough. And I think that's that's how they've gotten here. And the, here's the question. Do the coaches have enough wherewithal, acumen, you know, coaching chops to fix it? at this juncture on either side of the ball. That's what I don't know. Like, yeah. would I be shocked at the offense? And well, you know what? Tampa is a good defense, but if the offense came out and played really, really well, I can't say I'd be shocked because there's so much talent there, but I, do I expect it? No, I don't expect it. I really don't. You know what I did expect though. I, I did expect this defense to be the weakness, right? I expected defense to be the weakness this year. I came into this year knowing offense had to be um, their calling card. Offense had to carry them through every war. 
or every battle rather. Yep. And what we didn't expect was the offense to look the way it's looked over the pat over the first several weeks and over the last several weeks, right? Um, they've completely hit a wall and they've completely underperformed more so on that side of the ball, right? Um, again, I know the defense is, is bad, but I almost kind of expected it to be. Yep. Expected it to get better, but I expected it to still be mediocre. They're not even mediocre. They're below that. They're they're arguably the worst defense in the NFL. Let's, let's, let's really be honest about it. The Philadelphia Eagles arguably have the worst defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. period. And when you don't have an offense that can put up the points to somehow hide that or alleviate that pressure or even a little bit, it, 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 it accentuates their issues on the defensive side because the offense is not playing up the par as well. So now, now, now you got both sides of the ball underperforming. And now you just look like you can't beat anybody. Right. You know, and, and part of this is, you, you know, again, you're not getting enough help from the young players that you draft, that drafted high. Um, you know, again, Carter, I think, has had a really good year. But Jordan Davis has really fallen off. Uh, Nolan Smith, again, one sack, hasn't given you much. You know, the guys that have been contributing, or were at least, were later round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, Keely Ringo or or guys who even went undrafted. You know, the Eli Ricks of the world. Uh, they're the guys who were giving you more. Now they were pressing the service too. I understand that, but still, th- that is hurting them. Uh, you know, and we we could maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll we'll do the uh, who went after certain guys. You know, who went after Nolan Smith or or whatever. We could do that play that game if you really want to oh you're torture. talking about the, the yeah NFL if you really want to torture yourself with you know mm, that that just that just are we sounds up for that like, are we even up for that i don't know that i am honestly i don't think i have be, a stomach to be frank with you i think that'll just be disrespectful <laughs> and torturous to the you know to the listener you yeah know, I, don't, did, I don't i dedicating don't dedicating a whole 25 yeah. 30 minutes to yep this is where this is where the philadelphia eagles screwed up yep yeah <laughs> I, I i don't think that'll be a good a good sign for us right now, <laughs> especially going to a playoff game. Yeah, you know they, what? They, I, they I, as, I'm, as I was saying it, I'm like, dude, I don't know that I I have the the gut well, to do well, it. Well, look, Ari, they're they're in the playoffs. They're yeah. in the playoffs. You know, they're one of twelve teams. They're one of fourteen teams that made the playoffs. Okay, can they squeeze like like Didigen said one week at a time with this group? Yeah, let's just focus on this one week. Just focus on it. You know, lock in on it. That's all you can do. They're in they're they're they made it to the party, they made it to the dance. Can they leave with something? You know what I mean? Maybe not the prime queen, but maybe her friend. She may not be the she may not be a 10, but yeah, uh, can you leave with a six or a seven? Can you leave with something? Well, no doubt. And and I think that's the thing too. Um, only 31%, and this shouldn't be you know overlooked here. Only 31% of teams who have gotten there or lost, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Have even even gotten back. That's it, Tone. The next year. So as bad as it's been, and and it's it's eleven and if you just looked at eleven and six on face, it isn't obviously that bad. But it's the way it finished, losing five to six. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, you got you got a you're in number one, and number two, you got a bit of a break. You're playing the now. Some people might say the Eagles. That's fine, but I think you're playing the worst team in the playoffs right now. Um, I think you're playing a team that would have no prayer had they been in any other division or most other divisions, who I don't think is that good, frankly. Um, 
So if you're ever going to be able to just deep breath, okay, it is, you know, and what I tell you, we're going to hear all week, oh, everybody's all and oh, but if you are really <laughs> going to get you get your mind around that, right? It, it's you're got the right team to to try to at least you know kind of get yourself up and and, and breathing here yeah a tune-up out of the water yeah yeah you know like like you know mr didinger said a lot in his time with us yeah and he said i don't think i don't think neither of these teams can win this game but they Somebody's both can lose it they yeah. both can definitely lose it mm-hmm. that is as masterful you know wordsmithing because it's the it's, it's it's the truth, you know. The Eagles have done more to lose games than win games this year. They've done more. And I had this game. I had this team at minimum going twelve and five at minimum. Mm-hmm. They've underachieved just based off my reasonable expectation. I thought I was being reasonable at twelve and five. Yeah. You know, some people had fourteen and three, thirteen and four, and it was looking like that for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Listen. Here we, I, here we are. See, I thought before the season start started, excuse me, I thought they were a 13 to 4, 12 and 5 team. I, I thought that they would struggle in that stretch. I thought they would struggle defensively. And I just mm-hmm. thought because the schedule's tougher. So if I if I'm looking at them and they're a game worse, it, it, you know, and again, normally you would say it's not that bad. But we know the way it finished. We lost then we know two of the teams that they lost to, and they probably should have lost the other Giants game. So that's what makes it hard. It's not so much what the record is. People will always throw the record uh, the, out there, but it's really the way that they're finishing. Not the, like if you're Buffalo, the Eagles' record and Buffalo's record, okay, are you know very similar uh, in, in a lot of ways. Like the Eagles and Buffalo are both eleven and six, not very similar. They're exactly similar. Buffalo won five straight to close out the year. Okay, they're, that's trending in the right direction. That's kind of figuring things out, which they did. They fired their offensive coordinator. They brought in the, the guy that they brought in, Joe Brady, helped the offense get better and, and, and maximize their potential. Yeah. The Eagles have lost five of six. They fire their well, whatever they did with their defensive coordinator. And then this guy comes in and they're worse. So it's it, it's like it's it's not apples to apples, you know, records and all that kind of stuff. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess where are we? We got about a couple minutes before we go to break. Yeah, two minutes. I, I, I guess I'll I guess I end it with this, right? They have a chance, just like everybody else. Yeah, they have a chance like everybody else, and we're going to see if they can take advantage of that chance. We're going to see if they can build some confidence, build some momentum. We we've been talking about baseline confidence every week. That's how you know this team is in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Can you just build some confidence? Yeah, can you, you know, can you fall in love with the game again? Those are baseline things that probably these players should really have, but nonetheless, yeah. we're hoping for it. So, um, what is it? It's Tuesday. We yeah. got some. We got some time. We got a little less than a week, you know, to get ready for this game mentally and emotionally. Yeah. So, Eagles fans, buckle up. You know, uh, do do whatever seance or ritualistic things you need to do for the game to make sure the energy's right. But um, we're going to roll into this thing, and when the game's on. I'm going to support the Eagles and I'm going to root for them, but hey, you know, every step of the way, I'm going to be nervous as hell. Oh, but here's the other thing: none of us, none of us, want to go into this game, you know, like like a, in a bummer way. Like, oh man, nobody wants to feel like that. Nobody wants to to have that sense. You want to be up, man. It's a playoff game. These things don't aren't guaranteed. Okay, so I think by the as we get later into the week 
and I'm, you know, obviously we'll, you and I be talking about this on Monday as well, leading into the game and all that. It's okay to get up for it. It's okay. You know, it's okay to get excited. You should get excited. It's your team. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't blame Eagles fans for also kind of going into it. Like, man, I just don't have faith right now. That's okay too. You don't have to just be, it's the Eagles. No, you can have whatever emotions that you have. It's okay. And I think right now, like I said, Tuesday is usually a day where things settle a little bit. I don't think anybody settled. I think a lot of people are still pissed off. I do. I think they're still pissed off. Now, I think I think they'll cool off a little bit as the week goes on, and then a little more optimism will build. It's only natural. And and here's the thing. Whatever you want to think about the the, the people who make up these lines, they think the Eagles are a three-point favorite in this game, having lost five of the last six and being on the road. It tells you a little something, too. That's all I'm saying. It tells you a little something. All right, let's uh, – Let's hit it. And what we're going to do when we come back is, and we'll get back to the Eagles and the NFL in a minute, but we're going to set our sights on the Flyers. Very strange situation with their first round pick from 2022, who is no longer a Flyer because he didn't want to play in Philadelphia. Sounds familiar. You don't want to play in Philadelphia. Yeah. Sounds very familiar to some some people we've had here before, uh, which we'll talk about guys like J.D. Drew, et cetera. So we'll get into that. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. All right. Tone pointed this out uh, very aptly earlier in the show. Thankfully. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I turned to Pro Action Restoration because I had a leak from one bathroom into in, down into another, which destroyed the bathroom, which destroyed the wall, which destroyed my ceiling in my basement, where my studio is, et cetera. And uh, I, I, again, I know I said I'd do it today. We'll do it tomorrow. I'll give you a little tour of some of the work that Pro Action did. But 
they're the people that you want to call. We're supposed to get some really bad weather here uh, in terms of just, just drenching kind of rains. If you have any issues, okay, with flooding, water, you know, fire, smoke, mold damage at your house, a property you own, a business you own, whatever the case may be, ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. 
We're back. Tone to Shields. Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Tuesday. We are going to be joined uh, momentarily by uh, Flyers analyst and WIP host Al Morgani because there is <laughs> a lot going on, man. And actually, we have Al right there. There he is. And, and Al is coming to us from Voorhees, New Jersey. And in, in fact, the, uh, the Flyers uh, practice facility. Al, what's going on, my man? Um, just a just a busy day, I guess, more than usual. A kind of a weird night last night, and it's continued right into today. <laughs> he got that right. All right, so Al, let, let's let's walk this back for people who maybe aren't that familiar with everything that's been going on. It's so strange. I remember you and I having conversations about this back in the summer when we were, you know, hosting uh, WIP shows at the at the Phillies games, and and I'm asking you about uh, Gautier, and you're saying, you know, there's there's a lot going on with this guy, so. Let's kind of rewind here because this all came down yesterday, actually during the game, and you were you were doing pre and post and intermission hits and all that stuff for NBC Sports Philadelphia. But all right, Cutter Gauthier, who was the Flyers' first round pick, who was a highly sought prospect, thought of prospect, uh, who's playing for BC right now, who was the fifth overall pick in 2022. Uh, he ends up getting traded to the Anaheim Ducks, and the Flyers in return. And I'm getting Jamie Drysdale, a defenseman who is still young himself. He's 21 years old and a 2025 second round pick. Okay. So that's the, that's the nuts and bolts of the trade, but what happened here? I mean, the flyers drafted him. He told them he was on board. He was excited to be there. What happened between the time when they drafted him in 2022 and now where he's saying he didn't want to play for the organization. Still a bit of a mystery. I guess if you're looking for best take um with background stuff that i've known has been going on i'm amazed that this was kept so quiet by so many because it was sort of rumblings in the background as you mentioned before from best i can ascertain is last fall he when they told him to go back to boston college i think he probably wanted to stay in philadelphia and they thought he needed a bit more seasoning now, he said afterwards that he always planned to go back to Boston College, but who knows? Um, I, I think I think it might have been one of those cases where he wanted to be asked to stay and then, then made up his mind on his own terms rather oh, than being told, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's, that's where it started. But where it got really messy, Rob, is the, I don't know that I've ever seen this, this level of uh, self-importance. Um, mm. for, I mean – People will say Lindros, but Lindros was literally supposed to be the next Gretzky. And he basically told everybody beforehand, like, I guess uh, the court Elway did it one time. Don't do this because I'm not coming there. There was none of that with this kid. He he really said he was happy to be in Philadelphia. So the, you know, the the level of uh, arrogance, I guess, that, that you wouldn't even talk to the organization that's, I think, what bothered everybody more than anything. I mean, you look at who's running the Flyers now, and, man, if you can't talk to Danny Breer and Keith Jones, I mean, if you decide to shut them out as your team does, uh, not come to the camp or whatever, that's uh, that's troubling to me. And And the fact that they couldn't smooth it over is really troubling to me. So I think that's, that's where it was. And I, I think they came to the conclusion that we're not going to be able to smooth this over. Uh, we have a, uh, a, re- a revamp in progress here, and we can't let this throw it all off. And 
there's a weird rule in the NHL. If you're like a junior player, play somewhere else, you know, they keep your rights. But if you play in college after four years, now granted, that's another two, you become a free agent. <laughs> so right. So they can't just say, hey, you're, you're going to play yeah. for us. He no, could just no. elect to stay at BC and then walk anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I doubt he would forego those two years, but you never know. And um, you know, that's a, it's a loophole that needs to be closed. Um, but right now, I mean, that's uh, it, it, it's in your face. In the meantime, this is what's amazing to me. I don't know, even if the kid wanted to play here, presented with this trade, that you wouldn't have made it anyway. So you like Drysdale that much? I like the position that much. Mm. You know, I mean, I know people that don't follow hockey that closely. When you say right-handed defenseman, I mean, that those that's unicorn right there. Mm. And, and... He's a really highly skilled player who's been injured. That's a problem. He's not a huge player. He's been injured. That's an issue. And, and you know, theoretically run a power play. Given if, if you thought both talents were the same, you would take the defenseman. That's wow. just, I mean, that's just how you build a team. You take the defenseman. Especially, and I thought it curious that Danny Brihard referred to the kid as a left winger rather than a centerman because that's another notch where you're going to play. You build with your centerman, your defenseman, your goaltender. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the trade. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, th I think Gauthier is going to be a terrific player. I mean, he's got a shot, man. I mean, he'll help a power play just with the shot, but man, was it refreshing to see a front office that just was so transparent afterwards on what went out what went on. And I don't know, you've covered more different sports than I, have you ever seen, after something like this, a front office thank all the other general managers uh, and scouts and everybody for keeping this quiet? No. So to me, that tells me in, in such short time the kind of respect that Briere and Jones have that mm. they could that they could navigate this thing. Yeah. It's remarkable to me. Well, th so just to Al's point, Tone, let me just, just pick up on that for people who yeah. may not know what, what he's referencing. So both Keith Jones and Danny Briere last night made reference to, hey, we really want to thank the other GMs who could have put this out there in the ether that we were that he didn't want to play for the Flyers, that we were looking to make a trade. That hurts your your basically any any of your trade leverage that you would have. Like uh, for example, this happened in the NBA. Adrian oh. Wojnarowski would have had that thing out in point six seconds. OK, but in the NHL, they kept it closed quarters and it allowed the Flyers to get a really good player. Right now. Yeah. And to get to to uh, have general managers and and frankly, agents and whomever uh, keep it on the down low for so long when a lot of us had heard some things. But I think it shows you how quickly uh, Breer and Jones and Hilferty have kind of mastered this front office stuff mm -hmm. and to the point where. And, and also, when you make trades like this, and even the last one with, uh, with Los Angeles was very complicated, that's, that's pretty good for rookies, so to speak, to come into a front office and be able to do things and make trades for both sides are happy so you can make, for, you know, in the future, make further trades. Mm -hmm. You know, Al, it, it's fascinating. Again, I'm, I'm honestly impressed with how, you know, Jones and Briere handled this, especially when it comes to their timing, right? Obviously, this has been something they've been – dealing with and this isn't a situation you want to be in but um i mean i'm impressed with you know how calculated they were you know waiting for him to come off the junior 
hockey yeah. championship, you know, maximizing his value where I think he was tied for um, the, the most points, you know, in the tournament. So, um, how, you know, you, you, you got to give him credit for really reading the room and being able to maximize, maximize this kid's value and actually bring yeah. some quality talent back. Yeah, I think when they went over there, I mean, just as a human being, if you're going to Sweden for a tournament and one of the players is one of your prospects and they won't speak with you, <clears throat> that might give you a pretty good indication that this isn't going to work out. I think they, they tried them previously, maybe make some deals, maybe at the <clears throat> the place to have would have been was the draft last year. But at that point, I still think you think you can smooth things over and you have to really hit a home run at that point. <clears throat> and he's, uh, you know, his value as they mentioned right now is as high as it's been. Now, who knows if he goes back to BC and, you know, wins uh, you know, the Hobie Baker award for best college player, or whatever, <clears throat> who knows if it wouldn't have been higher, but uh, yeah, they, they waited their time. And I think more than anything else, you can only keep a lid on it for so long. And it was just, the whispers were getting louder and louder. So I think they kind of had to, and they really got a hell of a deal for, uh, for a guy that didn't want to be here. <laughs> So, Al, I, I guess two things. Were there any whispers that, that Gautier was difficult? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to use a, a nice word here. I, there's another D word that I that I was thinking about using. Uh, is difficult. And, like, literally, he and his camp wouldn't even entertain a conversation with Keith Jones and Danny Breer? No, wouldn't even. Wow. My only guess is that, that they were offended that, they didn't ask him to stay here um, this year and instead of going back. And he said he wanted to go back. <clears throat> so that's the, that's only, that's my best surmise on, on mm. what's going on here. That's, that sounds like, um, I don't know why, but it's, that sounds more of like a, a group decision rather than just his own. You know, it yeah, seems he was, like he has some people in his ear if you ask me. And honestly, if, if you ask me, I think they dodged the bullet. If, if, if a guy, if a kid can be swayed like this and this I'm is his personality, you. I, I'm, I'm willing to argue they dodged the bullet in the first place. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got talent. I mean, talent wins out ultimately. But this is a very um, – it's very unhockey-like <laughs> to, to do something like this. It's, uh, it, it, it also wouldn't sit well in a locker room. I'm curious what's going to happen now in the new locker room he's going to. Uh, he's got some target on his back uh, when, you, when you do things like this. Um, you know, as much as – look – I, I'm not a big fan of Boston College, <laughs> as, as much as as much Al's as Al's a BU guy, so Al hates BC as, for people who don't know. As much as people want to pin it on, well, it's a BC uh, arrogance, but a Villanova, if you will. But it's uh, to me the national. When you, I, I think what's happening is a lot of these kids that play at this development program, and it's a hell of a team. Look what they did at the World Juniors. But there's. There's a certain arrogance that comes with it. I mean, you've been told since I mean, you make that team, you're, 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 you're the best in the country and your country's the best in the world at this point. And there's a little bit of that that, that goes on now that didn't used to happen um, in hockey. And I think there's a little bit of that arrogance that comes with being with that with that team. You know, my gloves don't stink. Well, they do. They're like every other hockey player. Mm, definitely. You know, um, Tortorella has something to say about this too that was pretty interesting as well. Um, <laughs> he, um I, I was reading up on, I'm thinking to myself, so on brand. Um, it was per, it was perfection. Tortorella. He said, Well, well, we don't want you, something like that. Uh, yeah. you know, something I don't that, know him from a hole in the wall. So, I mean, uh, listen, you gotta respect it, man. I, yeah. I, I love a guy like that. Do you also think that maybe Tortorella's personality, um, and how he coaches maybe 
wouldn't have sat right with a guy like uh, Gutierrez? I think maybe a little bit, but I don't know. Hockey coaches leave every half a year. You know, how long, much, even if you love the coach, five years is forever. Yeah. Uh, two years is probably forever in hockey. I mean, maybe a little bit. Uh, that could have been just for, I mean, maybe for the going to camp, which really sat, didn't sit well with a lot of players, that he didn't come to the development situation. And that might have been a little bit there with, you know, Torts runs a tough camp. Now, don't forget, this is ironic that if this works out for the Flyers to get a young defenseman like this, the reason they have Sandheim here right now, who's turned into a hell of a player, is because another player didn't want to come to Philadelphia, Tory Krug. He didn't want to come play for Tortorella or in Philadelphia, more specifically. Uh, he didn't want to go through it. So in a really, what could happen here is the fact that two guys didn't want to come here could give you in the future two huge pieces of your defense. And that's, uh, th that's how you build a hockey team. And mind you, they also have another right-handed shot coming in that's coming in from, from, from the draft, Bonk, uh, who's, a, I think, even though he had a rough uh, world junior, that's another right-handed shot. So I think what they're building here is building from the defense, building out. And this, in a weird way, helped that a little bit. But um, I, I don't know. I, I never like to hear somebody doesn't want to come to the Flyers. I, yeah. I, I, I'd never heard it before this year. Um, you know, because, you know, they, they've gone through some tough times here. But I think now, I think this now becomes a strength. I, I think with Breer Jones, their strong word and Tortorella, mm. their strong words, basically, you know, screw you. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think it's resonating positively. Yeah, the fans usually, Al, go crazy on an organization for something like this. They're, they're yeah. siding big time with the team. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I and mean, I think I think in the whole league, I think, you know, I, I hope that this kid, as Tone said, I hope this wasn't just advice that he took that he's going to regret just in terms of having a target on his back. I mean, I remember when when Eric Lindros went up to Quebec finally. I'd never seen a scene like it before in my life. There, right. remember you know those things they put in babies' mouths? They call binkies. Binkies. <laughs> well, they gave them out before the game because Eric was a baby, didn't want to come. They're all over the ice. There were binkies all over the ice. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified now when Gojay comes to Philadelphia. What the heck? Oh say? God! Well, they they don't. Yeah. Well, we don't know when he's going to be no. playing or anything. But yeah, you're right. That's well, going to be, be wild. Be there at the end. I, I assume he'll be at the end of the year after BC wins its national championship or whatever. I assume he'll be in the NHL at the end of this year. Yeah. I don't think they – do they come here? The Flyers no, already, they, they already came be, here. It'll yeah. be next year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Will, will Drysdale play right away, Al? Is this oh, yeah. Drysdale, in fact, right behind me on the rink here, he's playing first D now. Um he, he's going to be with Sanheim. I think they'll probably move Sanheim. That's a good pairing. It'll be a good pairing. And more interestingly, we'll see what happens if they um, on the power play. If dude, yeah. That's been a story forever, if he'll play on a power play. So for a team that's kind of was supposed to be in the middle here, man, the Eagles going to the playoffs and everything going on with the Sixers and the, the – I mean, who two years ago, what are the chances fans would even know who a prospect was? None. The Flyers, none, none. So no that's that's how quickly that they regain stature here. Yeah, no question. Hey, let me ask you a last one. I do want to hit you with an Eagles question before, and we appreciate you yeah. hopping on with us. Uh, they they're they're starting to lose games here, Al. It was a struggle at the end of the road trip. It's you yeah. know, it's are, is this just they're coming back to earth a little bit? They were 
they were flying above their 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 head for for a while there, and now this is sort of what what they more are. Um, I don't know if they're coming back so much as uh, the other teams have geared it up a little bit, and we everybody was warned that once January comes, other teams their speed picks up a little bit. You saw that with Pittsburgh. I mean, they they kept Crosby off the scoreboard and lost because Malkin had a monster. So I think that's more of a case of what it is. It's not there. It's not a work ethic thing right now. It's 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 boots. It's wheels. Mm. I think that other teams have just they ramped it up some. It's going to be a struggle to. Uh, it's going to. I mean, everybody's within like two points. Uh, so if you can stay healthy, they've got a shot. And if this kid actually does help the power play, that'd be just immense. Uh, final question for me. Uh, uh, again, I appreciate you for coming on. Um, and this Eagles related shift the gears. Oh, yeah, a I'm bit. not to appreciate me. Um, Spend me five hundred dollars every time. I <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I got to pick your brain about these Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yep. They dropped that Giants game. At this point, are we surprised? But uh, where are you right now? Um, wh- what's your temperature on this team right now going into the playoffs? They're going to be facing off against the yeah. Buccaneers on the road. Um, just give me your overall synopsis of um, you know, how you're evaluating this team going forward. Well, last time I think I told you it looked like a dying mall. But right now, the only thing left is the dollar store. So oh, man. And it's right. And it's empty. Everything got got place. I got that cryptic text from Al last week. I'm like, is he nuts? um, Well, I do do think, though, that I I, I think they may win this game. Um, I think there is something to the circle the wagons thing here that they can do. Then the other team's not very good. I mean, look at the quarterback. I mean, I I just – I I don't – can I still think that it's going downhill, but they're going to win? I, I, yeah. that's the way I'm thinking. I, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to win, but it, it doesn't fix much. I, I think they got a pretty good draw here. Um, if there's a if there's a quarterback that can't pick apart the mess that they have, they probably found him. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to win the game, and I think that's it. <laughs> that right. I don't stop the crime. I mean, I'm sure then everybody would be all excited or whatever, but I, I, I don't think they have – from what I've seen anyway, I don't think that defense is good enough to stop anything beyond – what they're going to see in their first game. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you're right. I mean, I, I think this game is a toss up Al. I, I, it's just anything could happen in this could, because Tampa's not very good, but I don't know that all of a sudden the flyers flip a switch either, or excuse me, the Eagles flip a switch either. So I, I think it's, I think it's very much a toss up. Do you, in your estimation, do you think that Sirianni's safe? Yeah, I do. I mean, much as, um, much as uh, everything's kind of gone left on them. I mean, how do you justify? I mean, it would be bold. You go to a Super Bowl, you get 11 wins, and you, if you win a playoff game, I, 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 man, that would be really bold to do something like that. Uh, unless those exit interviews, when and if it happens, um, are really damning. That's it. I do think there probably are some veterans that may be ending their careers that may hold his future in their hands by what they say about what happened mm. this year. in an exit interview you're saying yeah. with, with yeah. howie or jeffrey yeah 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 that would that would make sense i mean I, I look i think i think he survives as well um but they go out and lose 42 to nothing on on monday night I, oh, you know well, nothing's guaranteed here no that's if they if, i mean then you may have a new coach at halftime if that happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that is uh, that is for sure. All right. Uh, and, and last one, we've seen really both sides of the ball kind of regress. What, what's your take on where things are with Hertz? Do you think this has just been one of those years or how do you view what's kind of happened where he's 
down slightly from where he was last year. Yeah, I think it's one of those years with him. Um, I don't know. They've changed their, um, you know, they've changed coaches. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has something to do with it and how they approach things. Uh, so I think a little bit of that. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I expect him to. I expect it even even better year this year. So unless it jacks up in the playoffs, I I don't look at this like I'm excited about it. I, I mean, right now it looks like you spent all that money and he may not be what you thought honestly when you look at it that's what you think right now with the you know with those weapons yeah with with the weapons that they have so i i mean i just think he's too solid a citizen i've seen too much to think that that he's not the real deal but i'm disappointed you got to be disappointed you can be honest with yourself you got to be disappointed with this year yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right, Al. Where uh, first off, you can check him out on Twitter slash X at Nuff N U F C E D, and also NBC Sports Philadelphia pre and post game show. Of course, Al and I will be hanging out on Thursday night, uh, six to ten on WIP. Where can people check out the podcast that you do uh, as well, Alan? What's it called? It's uh, South Philly Sauce. I do it with Ashlyn. In fact, we just did a did, did a podcast. Uh, we're gonna have the Ashlyn Sullivan. Party. Ashton Sullivan. So, you know, it'll be on, it's on Odyssey, wherever, I guess you're supposed to say wherever you get your podcast. Is that the term? You're getting good at that, Al. The air quotes. I like it. Uh, Al, thanks for hopping on, man. We, we do appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of practice, man. And always, oh, never a dull moment in Philadelphia sports, right? That's for sure. Thank you, right. sir. Thanks, guys. All right, Al. Take care. Good stuff. Good information there from Al. That's a really Definitely. weird situation. I'll tell you what, Tone. I don't know Cutter Gautier from a, from a hole in the wall, as, as uh, John right. Tortorella would say. I've seen highlights of the guy play. He looks like he's very talented. I will tell you, there are 48 red flags with this guy. If, the, if this is what, if you're not even having the courtesy to talk to an organization. And to have a conversation. Overall, that's the part that, yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes me question me this guy big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you you're incapable or unwilling to have even the conversation, even if you, even if you're not going to change your mind, right? Yeah. You're unwilling to have the conversation, which yeah. means that you don't really handle conflict or adversity. Well, and this couldn't have been just your decision. This had to be a decision that was motivated um, from elsewhere. And you were convinced or advised that this um, trade was in your best interest. Yeah. Um, that you were somehow above Philadelphia. Right. That's that to me signifies a player who um, has handlers and uh, he's not the kind of, he's not the kind of guy you want a guy you can't access or have conversations with a guy like that. I don't want him around. I don't care how talented he is. Yeah. yeah simply put, I, I will just tell you this, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a friend, whatever, you don't want to be around me. Cool. Right. I'll figure it out. I don't and again, and, and it's Keith Jones and Daniel. Like, it's not like yeah. they're like cutthroat guys in, in, in the, no, you know, in the in the league, these are guys that are pretty well respected. Guys um, who seem to be pretty um, ground realistic down to earth and, and yeah. down to earth, like you know. So yeah, yeah listen, they, listen, they dodge the bullet. I'll, I think so I'll, too. I'll, I'll, I'll put you that way, man. I, I agree. With that. I think in the long run, they're going to look back and, and thank this guy for pulling this nonsense. All yeah. right, let's uh, let's hit it. We got a big firing from a coaching perspective tone in the NFL, uh, which we'll dive into among a lot of other stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that because there could be. There could be offshoots here of this one, uh, which I'll, I'll mm. explain what I mean by that in a second. But a lot to get to with the NFL. We'll get circled back to the Eagles in our last segment as well. He's Tony to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services because they're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. 
They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. Uh, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you. It is a Tuesday. Hope you're doing well out there. All right. Who's not doing well right now? Mike Vrabel. He got fired. 
really Titans. yeah this is a surprise this is one uh that really even after the game the conclusion of the game this past sunday that you know, it was virtually unanimous from people that he was going to be back um, and they were going to try to rebuild around him. They feel like they have the quarterback of the future with Levis, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, something happened in the last couple of days with him and ownership and he's out. Um, so that is a that's a surprise. Now, there's a lot of talk here, Tone, that if, in fact, it ends with Belichick in New England, he would then that's where he's going. To be the number. Huh? That's where he's going. He's going to yeah, yeah. If, that, if, that would if that that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you you could get the band back together. So Vrabel goes there and, and becomes the head coach. He hires Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator for the thousandth time. You know, then all of a sudden they 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 start cooking if they can get a real quarterback here because the defense is good uh, in New England. If that was lost in, in the whole mess of their season, their defense is actually pretty good. But this was a surprise, man. This one people didn't see this one coming. Yeah, I mean, I know I didn't. Again, like everything you said, I was under the impression that you know they love everything about them, and they they they've had. It's been a talent issue for them. It's been a talent issue for them, and it's also been an injury issue for them. So, uh, I, I never, I never, I never felt like he was the root of their issues. And lo and behold, you know what I think happened? I think they went through those exit interviews. They told him what they what their plan was and what they yep. thought should happen. He said what he felt like should happen. If they couldn't find any common ground, Finito, he's at the door. Yep. It's just that simple. I think that's exactly what happened. It's it's the Doug situation minus the Super Bowl. Yep. It happens a lot, man, because, they look, they go into it and they say, all right, listen, what's the plan here? And he lays out his plan, and then they come back with, well, we think you need to make a change here, there, and there. And then he says, "Wait, I'm, hypothetically, I'm speaking of. Wait a minute, I don't want to. I don't want to change my uh, my defensive coordinator. Well, you're going to need to change your defensive coordinator if you want to be back here. And then therein lies the the rub. Here's the other part of this tone. Vrabel knows he has juice. You know what I mean? He's not so he kn- he knows his value. He knows if he right. gets bounced from there." That he will have exactly. a job in two seconds. Of course. So then you then you're a little bit more emboldened. Like I'll give you an example. I, I'm asking you this, okay? I'm not. There's no pretense. If the same scenario played out after the Eagle season ends, mm-hmm. and and Nick wants to keep Patricia as his defensive coordinator, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Howie and Jeffrey say, "No, man, we don't like anything we saw. We want wholesale changes on the defensive side." Do you think if that comes down and there's a there's a you know, butting of the heads and Nick gets bounced, do you think Nick is a head coach somewhere next year? No, I don't either. No, I don't. And either. you know it's it's funny, you know we we bring up his his whole the whole gambit of his of his success, right? You know three playoff appearances, a uh, Super Bowl appearance, uh, one and you know one NFC Championship win, um. Overall, he's been a productive head coach, right? Based off of that. Absolutely. But when you pay attention to the nuances, the details, the overall product over the past several weeks, the amount of talent they have and how they're underachieving at the rate and at the scale that they're that they're underachieving, and that the problems that we're seeing actually started week one. It's just that they were able to overcome them then. They ran out of gas now. And we see a coach who can't seem to pull his uh his his 18-wheeler, uh, that being the players out of the mud. Yep. And um, 
I see um, I see a coach who's lost the locker room. I see a coach that isn't respected anymore. I see a coach that can't get his team to um, play for him. Um, they had everything to play for in Week 18, everything to play for, for you know the division, a second seed, and look what they get. Look what they gave you. Mm-hmm. So, how can I expect that even if the even if Howie and um, Jeffrey and Sirianni, even if they agree on the changes that are made, right? Let's say Sirianni plays ball. Right. How can I trust that this team is going to continue to respect him on the level that's required for them for them to be successful? Yeah. I don't believe I, I don't believe he has the pulse of that rim anymore, and that was his superpower. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what, what good is he at this point? Yeah. So, teams see that. Teams pay attention. There were a lot of. It, it's a reason people never talked about Nick Sirianni being in the upper echelon in, in the upper echelon of coaches in the first place because they see it. Yeah. They see what it is. They can't explain it because they, they were winning so much. So, right. so so automatically you say to yourself, well, he must be a good coach. They're winning. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't appear special, but they're winning. So it must mean he must he, he must be doing something. Now we're seeing how he's handling what's going on. This team can't seem to figure out their issues. And I think that's the that's the most damning part about it. That's the scariest part about it. They can't seem to figure them out. Or if they have figured them out, they can't apply um any solutions. And I put yeah. that on coaching. So keep your eye on that. And what I would say is I think Kraft and Belichick are supposed to be meeting again today. Mm. I wonder if this changes the way Kraft views this thing. And all of a sudden now he's like, I got Vrabel potentially. Like, guess what, Bill? You know, th- that one, I don't think anything's decided there. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course not. Of course not. With that one. All right. Uh, elsewhere, Wink Martindale resigned from the Giants. So apparently, you know, some of that smoke that was being thrown around during the season that he and Dable had some issues was true. Um, he said that he, that, that, that at least the reporting is that he either would like it be, to be a DC elsewhere, or he wants to have a shot at having a head coaching job. I don't know that he gets the head coaching gig. I don't know, but I think he'll be snapped up as a DC somewhere. Right. And problem is I know Eagles fans would love his style. They would. I just don't know that the front office would love his style. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see him being the head coach either. Um, it's a young man's game. Um, yeah. When it comes to the head coaching spot, uh, DC, sure. Mm-hmm. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if he's saying to himself, "I gotta get the hell out of New York, man." They're making they're making what I do seem trivial. You know what I mean? I, I need to be in a winning situation. So, um, he resigned on a good note. Beat the Philadelphia Eagles. He's probably like, "My value is not gonna be any higher than what it is now." Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me maximize and see see if I can get some more money elsewhere. Whatever, whatever may have you, but I think he'll have a job. We'll see. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's probably just fed up in general, but I don't think you make that move unless, you know, unless you have a pretty good idea from your agent that you'll be snapped up somewhere. You know, either right. Way. Or you got a good idea from your agent that, hey, listen, they're looking at your position. They they they, they may change where they're going with that job. Yeah. Yep. I recommend. I recommend you resign. Yeah. Let's roll. You leave, you leave on your own terms. You can you can control your own destiny. If it was the other way around, if they got rid of you, then you have some kind of you, you got some blight on you, True. and it's going to be hard to shake that, right? The Giants fired you, 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 that means he has to be terrible. You resign, you appear to be the better, the better yeah. person, you know, in this situation. Um, man, I feel for the Dolphins, I, I don't really care one way or the other with them, but I, I just wanted to see them go into this game against the Chiefs, you know, in, in, in relatively healthy. They're not. First of all, did you see the temperatures in that game? It's going to be like five degrees, super windy, just winter disaster in Kansas City. 
Wow. So I don't I don't know that bodes well from the from the boys from Miami. Okay. At all. At all. That's just that that, that that couldn't have been a worse matchup for them. Yeah. So think about this too. They're gonna be without three of their edge slash linebackers. Andrew Van Genkel, uh Damn. Jerome Baker. All good players. They're, they're already without Jalen Phillips. They're already without Bradley Chubb. They're missing all of those guys. Cameron Goods hurt also. They're basically signing guys off the street just to be able to dress and line up at the edge for them. And no Xavier Howard in the defensive backfield as well. This is feeling more and more like a Chiefs, you know, gift, you know, than anything else. In right. This on, on, on top of that, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have been nursing injuries over the past few yep. weeks. So uh, they, they, I think a chain has been battling with the knee all year. I think Mostert has been dealing with something too. He so, is. He's banged up too. Yep. He didn't play last week. They're screwed. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in big trouble. I uh, see. I think Kansas City wins this week. Then I think they're in trouble after that. But yes. They, this agreed. is a Kansas City, Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaguars made a lot of changes on the defensive side. Basically, almost everybody got whacked, mm-hmm. including former Eagle Mike Caldwell, um, among others. But there, there is. This is what happens when you collapse and the, and the head coach doesn't get fired. That's when you're going, to see, you're going to see a very similar pattern with the Eagles, very likely, especially if they lose to the Bucks. If Sirianni survives, you're going to see wholesale coaching changes. But here's the thing with the Jaguars, they're not idiots. They know they can't afford to go back on the head coaching circuit. They're not going to fire Doug Peterson at all. Yeah. Um, they know Doug Peterson is probably not really not the real issue anyway. Um Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence is what is what keeps them relevant. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hold on to that for dear life. They're in no position to um fire a coach of Doug's caliber. They're in no position to do so. They're gonna ride with Doug Peterson until he makes himself no longer useful. Yeah. Watch. Just you watch. Mm-hmm. He, they're gonna ride with him as long as he keeps them in the division race. Jacksonville will be happy with th- with that. Yeah. I'm telling you. I agree. Think about what they were coming off of with exactly. Meyer and Whatever Doug is, there's stability. Exactly. They have no history of success. So they're going like or consistent success. This is the closest they may get to it. You got the quarterback, you got a coach. Yeah. All right. Let's just roll with this. Can we, you know, they're gonna they're gonna clearly they're gonna always have us in contention for the division. Okay, your division got a little tougher with CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson's and Anthony Richardson's gonna be coming back. Shane Steichen's over there. Um Tennessee, who knows where they're going to be, but overall your division got a little tougher. Right. So um as long as Doug keeps them in that mix, they'll be content. I, I promise you. I promise you that. I agree. Uh all right, a couple of things. Um, Joe Burrow, uh, T. Higgins is a free agent. Joe Burrow's really camping to get him back. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear what Jamar Chase said about, uh, about the whole um money thing and like paying him first <laughs> no no oh man i can't remember when i saw that video but it was hilarious. it was like a press conference and he was saying like yeah you know make sure make sure I, I, he probably was saying it in jest like basically uh, get him his first before yeah, I get yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay no 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 get get mine first like oh <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> yeah but i think he was saying it in jest though okay, i think it was you, right. know, you know it's, it's your but, friend, but, but, like, but by the way he wouldn't be wrong <laughs> of course he would be wrong Course, yeah, but yeah, it was really, Jamar it was pretty, Chase is, it was, it was is, is is higher on the priority list. No disrespect, yeah. T Higgins, he's a, and I yeah, like he's a, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, man. Uh, this this sucks for the Steelers. T.J. Watt officially out. He will not be playing in that game. Well, they were uh, losing the game anyway, but still, you want to at least get some fair shot. 
Yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad one. Uh, Mason Rudolph will get the start for the Steelers. There's no question about that. Uh, they, they made that pretty clear the last couple of weeks when Pickett was available. Um, this one is interesting. So, and I don't know what, you know, the, uh, what has to be done through the league front office and all this kind of stuff. But the Saints are considering adding John Gruden potentially either as their OC or as a coach or some kind of consultant. Right. Um, he apparently worked with Wentz when Wentz was out of football this past year and Carson Wentz has been singing his praises, whatever. But um, now he's still technically suspended by the league, right? So I don't know that he can – I don't know that that can just happen. I think there has to be a sign-off. I'm, I'm pretty sure – I'd have to – Who would that go through? I think Adele. I think it's. A, I think it goes as high as the commissioner's office. I think. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, well, we all know Goodell. No one likes him, so let's go. Well, on. and he and Gruden hate each other's guts. I mean, Gruden's still suing the NFL. Now there is precedent. Like uh, Brian Flores is still suing the the uh, the NFL as well, and right. Brian Flores is a D, D coordinator in Minnesota. So it's not. I guess it's not completely out of the question. I. I but I don't know. Yeah, I mean. You know, we'll see, man. Uh, you know, that's a different level of problem. I, I tend not to care too much about like the coaches and the commissioners, and that's the boring part of the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the white collar level of um <laughs> <laughs> disputes. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, we're more blue collar uh, on, right. on the show. Uh, so, a um, couple other things here to pass along. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, is being treated for severe respiratory illness. Apparently, he's pretty ill here. Um, wow. You know, now we understand why he's been trying to get numb. Uh, yeah. So they basically he's receiving, according to the team, excellent care, no additional information. Um, he's not been seen publicly in weeks and that's, what's going on. He's 64 years old. He inherited the team from his father in 1997. So, um, that's, that's, uh, where things are with him. Um, so the Chargers have requested to interview Raheem Morris, who is the D coordinator with the Rams, and he is said to be one of the hotter commodities. Number one, I'm just glad that we're that the league is starting to recognize that it's okay to hire defensive guys. Like I'm glad we we've gotten out of this. It's just offense, offense, offense all the hmm. time. Well, I, I don't think Ryan's did a lot to to help that, but he did, he did, um, for sure. Um, Variable was a defensive guy, so. Yeah, he gets he gets a lot of kudos. Um, here's the thing though, for the Chargers specifically, do you really want to go in that direction again? If you had a defensive guy in the building, and I'm not saying he was good at it, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. You might might want to change your approach, right? You may want someone who um can do more with Justin Herbert than a Kellen Moore. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. So um, I, I think in their case, with their quarterback, they need to um, put the best people around him. Now, if they go, if they go um, Raheem Morris for head coach, but they go real good with the OC, then okay, whatever. You know that's what I mean? What but, I, that's what you have to do. Yeah, you, you have think, to. It, you have to make sure you lock him in and turn him into a lead. You have right, to. right, right, right. So I mean, I hope I hope Raheem Morris gets a job. Um, I, I think he's in the running for a few jobs, right? I mean, it's yeah, he's, looking at he's him, one so. of the hotter commodity. I would say like Raheem Morris, the Ben, ben Johnson, Ben Johnson, yeah, man, is a big name. Hopefully, those um, brothers get the opportunity, man. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening there with that. But I think he's, I, I considering he's been a head man, and then he's gone and done such a good job 
you know, as an assistant in other places. I I think he's, I think it's probably going to happen um, for him. Yeah, I even uh, heard, I even heard Wilkes from the uh, Niners has been looked at too. Is, is it Steve Wilkes is his name? Steve, Steve Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I heard, I heard he's being looked at as well. So. Well, so yeah, and and like Dan Quinn, and now with Vra- Vrabel's a D guy, so Vrabel's available. We're gonna, I think we're gonna see that trend shift here, away, away from just offense, um, for sure. But I think you know, you look at it. The other, the other one that's going to be really interesting, Tone, and we'll talk about this a little bit in the next segment because they won the national championship last night. Is Jim Harbaugh um, is, is going to be a guy that's right up there at the top of the list for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would think that he's going to be a, a guy who's going to want a lot of his own kind of say rather than, you know, working for just a GM who's going to be telling him who his personnel is and all and what who his hires are and all that kind of stuff. You don't leave Michigan where you're set up to, even though you're you're probably going to lose some guys this year, where you're set up to just be great for the, with the assembly. You know, it's like an assembly line right. to to go to a job where you're being dictated to. You're going to want to have control and command wherever you go. Yeah. Hey, oh, they smoked them last night, didn't they? Oh, d- dude, that, they night. put it on them. I, 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 I told you, I wanted Washington, but I, I thought it was a Michigan game. Michigan's defense, defense. is phenomenal. Flies I mean, the ball. Panics just took, fly. Panics took a beating, dude. A beating last night, and I, I think, I think the kids, I think Panics is an absolute stud. But he missed some throws he doesn't normally miss because he was just getting hit every single time. That bell got rang, and uh, yeah. all of a sudden. You know, one one became eleven, and you know, two became twenty two. You start saying double. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. So, yep. Uh, man, that running back in Michigan though was. Oh, he's a beast, dude. Quorum's a beast. Yeah, he's they're they're loaded with talent. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. many so many good players on. And also, it's pretty cool to see Michigan get it. They've they've come so close over the past few years, and always fall short. Listen, and listen, you can argue, hey, well, if they would have had to play Georgia, they would have lost. Okay, maybe, but. The bottom line is, yeah, but they have, Georgia, take care of your business against Alabama in the SEC right. championship game. You know what I mean? Right. And look, you know, the bottom line is, Michigan got the Michigan got the opportunity. They lived up to her, they lived up to their end of the bargain. Washington, they took advantage of their opportunity. They lived up to their end of the bargain, and they met in the big game. You know, Alabama fell short. Georgia fell short. Texas fell short. Whatever may have you. Right. Michigan and Washington took care of their business this year. Right. And Michigan ended up on top, man. Through all the adversity and all the scandal and controversy that they've had to battle, mm-hmm. man. Um, yeah. So good, good question from Coach Marcus. Did Penix draft uh, stock drop in your opinion? Hmm. Um, I, I, I don't. don't know. I don't think, I think it so. did, Coach Marcus. Um, I, I, so. I think that you know, I, and I know the the comp is well. This is the kind of pass rush he's going to be facing in the NFL. True. Um, I, I think that that came into play. Um, comes to the play to an extent. I don't know for for whatever reason. I don't know that he was quite valued as, as high as Caleb Williams and Drake May and some of the other guys. I actually voted him for the Heisman. I thought he had that kind of year. Um, but I don't think he's going to be even one of the top four quarterbacks taken. He, he's hey, had you a never lot know, of man. You never yeah. know. The quarterback position is wonky sometimes in the draft. You never know. True. It's true, but he's had a lot of injuries in his career too. He's had two torn ACLs when he was with Indiana before he oh, transferred yeah. to Washington. I think some of that hurts him. Some of the injuries that he's had, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I I felt for him last night because he was getting beat up bad. Um, but Michigan does that to most teams, and you know, there's a reason why they were undefeated and as good as they were. Uh, that, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so back to what we were talking about with the Eagles and and just kind of this game. As disappointed as you are in in where they are right now, you have any kind of feel for the game yet, or you need you need more time uh, with this one? 
Uh, I mean, they played before. Yeah, they beat them in week three, 25 to 11. Right, and um, I think those teams are two different teams at this, at this point in the season, to be honest. I don't really have a strong feel for it yet. Um, I want to see, you know, as we get closer to the end of the week, what the injuries are looking like. Yeah. Um, how's Baker Mayfield doing from a health perspective? Is there anything that they is, is there anything the Eagles can potentially exploit? Um, we know there are plenty of things for them for other teams to exploit on the Philadelphia Eagles, but I just want to get a, a stronger feel for the opponent going into this game. Anything can happen. Um, the Eagles are on the road, so they're going to be in a hostile environment. But they did. Sh- but Eagles fans did show up last time when they went down to Tampa Bay. A lot of Eagles fans showed up. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this thing pans out. It's going to be Monday night. All eyes are going to be on the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to see if they can live to see another day, live right. to play another week. We're yeah. going to find out. But as of right now, I don't have a strong, a strong enough feel for where I'm ready to make a prediction. I'm not there yet either. Um, if you're asking me now, I'm probably leaning towards the bucks, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. I need, I need more time to sort of just get away from the last game and look forward. The thing is, it's so hard to do the comp of, of last of the earlier game. The Eagles are so different. The bucks are a different team. Now they're leaning heavy on Rashad white to run the ball. They weren't doing that as much earlier in the year. The Eagles ran the ball a ton uh, with Deandre Swift. Do I feel like they're going to do that necessarily in this game? I don't know if I can hang my hat on that. Um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, it was it was one of the better games, that, if, if this means anything to anybody. I thought it was one of the better games the Eagles played this year. So at least there's that. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing is they had some of the old bugaboos, like they turned it over twice. Jalen had two picks, you know, stuff like that. But that's been that's been biting them all year. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit tough uh that they do that. So again, I, I, Daz, not a crazy question, right? Not a crazy question, and I would like to see it, but I just think philosophically with the front office, hell no, Daz, they believe in not giving up big plays. And Wink Martindale basically says, "I'm coming at you. Big play might happen, but I'm coming at you." And the Eagles don't necessarily like that kind of uh, philosophy. That's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Philadelphia. You can get it out your get it out your skulls. It's not going to happen. But but doesn't that also get to a, a a pretty interesting point? At least for me, it does. Don't you? And I know they just went to a Super Bowl last year, so I, I mm-hmm. believe me, I understand that. Don't you also, if, if after the way this year has gone, maybe have to rethink everything? Yes, I'm, sa- I'm saying it, that's the rational way of core. thinking, Rob. Yeah. Come on, man. What are you What are you doing here? That's I'm you get in saying. trouble. You get in trouble for thinking clearly like that. Yeah. Don't play yourself, man. All right. On this on this side of things, we do the opposite of what's right. So so come on, man. But no, you're right, though. All seriousness, though, um, I think it's important, especially coming off of a season like this, where you felt like you had a just as big good of a shot as anybody else to make it to the big game and yeah. win it. And to for things to end like this, um, you have to reevaluate everything. You have right. to reevaluate your approach. You have to. You have to find a. You have to develop an approach that's more sustainable than the one you've deployed over the past several years, um, and it's you got to get you got to get a coach in there with a backbone, man. Stop trying to control every aspect of this I thing, agree, man. man. You know, tr- trust the guy. Listen, you hired him for a reason. Let him do his job. Yep, as simple as that. But you know, yep. again, it's asking for too much, man. 
and, and, you know, and, too much. And, again, and I'm just trying to answer it the way I think they're going to go, not what I would like to see. I would like to see a, a more aggressive. I would. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways they could go. Daz is right. You know, the Panthers may hire Dan Quinn. There's a lot of defensive guys that could get gigs this year. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm glad. Dan Quinn back to the NFC South. Well, here's what's good. Get him out of Dallas, man. Good. Goodbye. He's, he's he good. is a legit defensive coordinator. I don't think he's necessarily a great head coach. Although he had, you know, look, the guy got to a Super Bowl. I'm not. Yeah, he has moments. But, but it got to a point where defense was the worst side of the ball for them. And yeah. that's his specialty. So, you know, I think that was his undoing in, in Dude, Atlanta. That was one of the all-time collapses that that Atlanta uh, New England Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan was a part of that too. He survived time. Though, and, and got another job. So yeah, it didn't, also he's younger. Hurt him too much. Yeah. Also, he was younger. The last name, you know how that goes. Uh huh. That stuff doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt in life. It certainly doesn't hurt in in football. Uh, of course, the old boys club. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let's uh let's sneak one in. Let's come back, and we're gonna hit a bunch of things, including an N- NBA injury update on a big name. This is a big big blow. To this team, oh, this yeah. player. I, I think I think I know where you're going. Yeah, we'll kick that around. Uh, we'll talk. We'll mix in a little bit of Sixers because it's looking like Embiid is not going to go tomorrow against Atlanta. But we'll get into a bunch of other things when we come back, including circling back to the Eagles as well. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, 
and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging with you on this Tuesday. All right, Tone. So, hey, Rob, real quick, real quick, real quick, yeah. my friend. I got a question for you. Got a question. You got to, you got to humor me here. All right. Did you say, did you shave this week, my friend? I did, man. You know what happened? Here's what happened. I'll tell you the truth. So, like Saturday, uh, I'm itchy as hell. Right. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I look like I was, I had like some kind of mange. I'm like scratching, uh, you know, whatever. And then I'm starting to break out. It, it, it looked worse yesterday. I looked like a mess yesterday. Okay. Thank you for ignoring that and uh, not pointing it out, but I look like garbage. Uh, so I had two things going on. I'm itchy. It's breaking me out, and it was too gray. So I'm like, you know what? Time. So I, I even during our meeting, I wasn't even shaved when we, you and I met before the show yesterday. So then I hustled up right. and shaved in between meeting and show. And I don't know about you. You probably haven't shaved in a while, but my first one after I've let it grow for a while mm-hmm. is rough, dude. Like I was banged up. Yeah. I was broken out. I look like a teenager. I look like I was 13 again. You know what I mean? Going through puberty. Yeah. What I do is uh, I do, I, I do, um, I use clippers. So I do a lot of them trimming yeah. and shaping and, you know, yep. lining up and stuff like that. Um, I do my own head yeah, and looks my good. own beard and everything. Um, you know, every now and then, so. It's funny because you know now, now I'm doing the you know the ball thing, and um I really I, re- I really do enjoy. It. But as far as the beard goes, um I think the last time I cut it like off, maybe last year, a couple years ago, and it was just see I don't mustache. even remember you without it. Yeah. like I don't because I because I, I I kept the mustache, I just had okay. the mustache. Okay, I had the por- I had the porn stash thing going. <laughs> so um so 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 uh nonetheless you though, had the D gun D gun hey, we could rock that yeah. <laughs> my dad, my my dad used to rock the uh just the oh mustache. yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, but 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 nonetheless though, I'm telling you, man, a guy with the beard is a guy with a plan. You, you got you, you got to you got to you got to yeah, go yeah. through it. I was gonna go goatee, but the problem was, man, like it was really bad. Like if you here. went if you went goatee, you would look like Doctor Strange. <laughs> That would be hilarious. Yes, yes. That would be uh, hilarious. Uh, maybe I'll maybe <laughs> I'll rock it. I was so tempted to like just to mess with everybody yesterday, and I should have done this just for one day. 
I should have taken everything off but the stash because the stash <laughs> was in thick. And here's the problem. Like the stash is still dark. It's yeah. down here. The whiskers are gray. So the, the stash would have been, would have worked. But yeah, it wasn't. So- yeah. When, uh, when I see in my head, I try, I like the I like I kind of like to mess around and like make shapes first, you know. Before I before I park it all off, yes. I lie to you not, man. Um, have yes. you uh, have you heard of like the uh, the Avatar, like you know the the, the the Airbender, like the yeah yeah. It, okay, so I shaved the arrow on my head. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. I shaved the arrow on my head. You just kept it talking, for the show yesterday, man. Yo, oh my god, I was talking I was talking to my wife, and she was like, "What the is wrong with you? What is wrong with you?" I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? You don't like it? You know? So, but, but nonetheless though, man. Um, yeah. And I yeah, was I also getting I had heat, to ask you. heat from, uh, from wifey to take it off too. She wasn't a big, and my daughter before she left for school was like, if you do anything for me, just shave that off. I'm like, okay, thanks. Uh, nice see, see they're not too, used huh? to, they're just not used to it. One of these days, one of these days, you know, you know what to do? You got to just disappear. I know. And then come back out of nowhere. Back and then you got, you got to just, yeah. just the grizzly. Yeah. I could, I, and I grow up pretty quick. So that was like, what, what I had was only like, I think it was less than two weeks. So anyway, but yeah. Um, all right. So where were we? Oh yes. John Morant, man. Yeah. Done for the season. Unfor- unfortunate. Unfortunate. Shoulder surgery. Uh, tour is uh labrum and he's now done for the season. So that, that's a shame, man. It, it was, you know, he came back from the suspension immediately played well. A, yeah. Had a huge impact on them playing better because they were, they were playing bad before he, he got back. Not surprisingly, um, but yeah, now he's done. I think he only ended up playing nine games this season. Yep, nine games. Stinks, man. They were six and three with him. Uh, when he that came tells back. you everything you need to know. Yeah, and and the other thing is you got um, Stephen Adams is done for the season as well. Uh, he had surgery during the preseason to repair a PCL in his knee, so he's done as well. So they're, I think, I think Memphis is in big, big trouble here, man. Yeah, um, the thing is, um, Stephen Adams has been battling injury over the past few years. Actually. A lot, yeah. You know what I mean? They, 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 they haven't really gotten you know their investment out of him. Yeah, but it's unfortunate, man. Um, he's been through a lot, and I feel like he genuinely was trying to take that next step. You know, just as as a man, as a, as a young man. Um, and here we are. But look at it like this, man. Gives you more time to just get your mind right. Yeah. I mean, gives you some gives you some adversity to battle. So um, I don't know. I guess I look at it as sometimes you got to go through some things, mm-hmm. or you really make that full evolution. You know, yeah. right now he's in the cocoon stage. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable. It sucks. You want to be out there with everybody else, but right sometimes you got to just take that time away, get your mind right, focus on you, rebuild some relationship, maybe with your family. You know, just nurture. Nurture the part, nurture, nurture the parts of yourself where, um, you know, it keeps you grounded. Yeah. And then you go back to doing what you love, playing basketball. And look, you're set. You're secure. You'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. You know, just get healthy. And we know that talent is going to continue to shine through. So shout, you know, so shout out to John Morant, man. He 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 he'll be all right. No question. All right, say right. stay in the NBA for a second here. Uh, Joel Embiid's dealing with a knee issue. It's still sore. Uh, I saw a shot of him yesterday. He was at practice. He was just throwing up some jumpers. He wasn't really doing much, but he had a huge wrap on his knee, um, iced, iced up. So uh, the thinking is you pr- he probably won't play tomorrow at Atlanta. They're not sure about Friday at home against the Kings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that one's up in the air. Their next game after that is is MLK Day, which is Monday uh, at 1 p.m. against Houston. That's a home game as well. So, um 
they got to they got to try to be careful with this one. You know, you don't want what you don't want. Tone is he comes back, then he's sore again, and you're going through this whole. I'd rather shut him down for three, four games and get him right, rather right. than go back and forth with this thing with him. Under yeah, I I I completely agree. Um, take care of him. You're gonna need it for the long haul. Look, man, he doesn't need to prove anything in the regular season. It's all about the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so we were, we were talking a lot of Eagles, obviously, and a lot of NFL with, with some of the comings and goings. I, I'm just thinking, I was looking at this when we were talking about it earlier. All right, so we know Vrabel's out. So if you just run through it, all right, correct me if I'm wrong, Tone. Uh, we've had Rivera bounced. We've had Vrabel bounced. Arthur Smith bounced. Am I missing one here? Now we already knew about the Chargers. We Brandon, already knew about yeah, the Brandon Staley, or yeah, Brandon said we knew that was going to happen. So That's already he got bounced. Is so. there another? There hasn't been anybody else yet this year, right? This, this. no, no, I don't think so. I, I think it's. And been we already pretty... knew Carolina too. We already knew Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Carolina happened earlier than we expected. So, so. It, it looks like Dennis Allen survives the Saints for now. Pete Carroll says he wants to keep coaching. Wait, uh, wait, isn't guaranteed that Dennis Allen is here? Like, I, mean, I don't know not if here, it's but guaranteed. Like... Yeah, I don't know that oh, it's okay. guaranteed. Um, and I don't know that it's guaranteed. Just because Pete Carroll wants to keep coaching, I don't know. I think he stays, but I, that's not 100%. Um, just trying to think if there's anybody else. That's it, right? I mean, I'm... I think I, I think that's it. I think it's everybody. Let me look yeah. at the teams and just kind of just do a little. So Because um, Salah I, survived in, in with the Jets. Um, obviously, oh, Belichick. Oh, Belichick. Is Belichick's the only one we, we that's still yeah. up in the air. Belichick. Um, what do you think? You think he's going to stay? I think this Vrabel thing might change it for it, Kraft. I agree. I think the Vrabel thing changed everything. Yeah. Now I think Kraft and his people are like, dude, maybe it's just time to get some fresh blood in here. And, and we yeah. move on. And I, the, the big question then becomes, if they do that, do you try and trade Belichick or do you just does everybody just move on? Mm. Because He's that was the you. thing. that People thought maybe that the Titans might try and trade Vrabel, and then uh, their ownership said basically we just didn't want to go through that long, drawn-out process. We wanted to bring somebody else in and get moving here. He's not bringing, He's not giving that money back. Yeah. He's not giving that money back. So they might um, as well chalk that. You're going to have to fire him. Oh, and Belichick made that clear yesterday. I'm still under contract. He said it like four times, which means if you bounce me, you're paying me uh, one way or the other. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's kind of where things are. But do any of the moves, including Vrabel, change your mind and make it more likely the Eagles move on? Mm. Expect the unexpected. That's, that's, that's how I look at it, right? And it's it's contingent upon a lot. How far are they going to the playoffs? You know that can you know that can buy us that can buy probably buy them another year. But I think they're already thinking about. I think I honestly think Jeffrey and Howie are, are, are looking at it like we're going to have a conversation with you, find out where you are. Mm-hmm. If we align, okay. If we don't, you you know you're axed. I I think it's that simple for them. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't think you're wrong. I, I really don't. I don't think you're wrong necessarily uh, with the way this thing goes. But yeah, I'm I, like, I know a lot of people are looking at it and they're they're talking about, you know, a, a Belichick coming in here and that kind of stuff. No, never. 
I just, I don't see it, man. They, it's not the kind of guy they generally go after, uh, you know, and they, they, they trend towards guys who were just going to be agreeable uh, for better or worse, you know, and yeah. again, they've like had that, a pretty good sure. track record with hiring head coaches. Yeah. 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 They have, and also they do have a track record, specifically Jeffrey Lurie. He has a track record of not being afraid of not being afraid to pivot in a unconventional manner, right? True. You know when they hired even when they hired Andy, everybody was like, "Huh, who's this guy?" He wasn't yeah, even he wasn't OC. even a coordinator, right? He was a quarterbacks coach. Everybody was like, "What? Like this is your first move, Jeffrey? You hire you know you you know you hire this 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 no name guy or this guy that people don't think much of rather." Um, so that's then. So that's that. And then you fire him what, over a decade later, by the right, way. Right. Um, and then you bring in Chip Kelly, uh, another wild card. Yeah. Another guy that everybody was like, really? I mean, okay. Like the, the Eagles were clearly trying to be forward thinking and they saw where the NFL was going, but their experiment didn't work out. And with. that I think affects things going forward because they gave them all the power and it all kind of blew up. And I think that that just they're not going to cede that power again, Tony. But they gave him too much power. Yeah. And that was they gave him control over personnel. Like they, it, he had too much power, right? So they've uh, and, and and then that led to them bringing in Doug. Out of all their moves, I think Doug is probably the most. I don't want to say head scratcher, but it was when he came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like Doug came out of nowhere, but yet he did well ultimately for the Philadelphia Eagles, delivered in a big way, Super Bowl. And then you and then they move, they're not afraid to move off a Super Bowl winning coach. I think that move signified arrogance. Mm. That was arrogance to me. That was their that was their first, that was the first moment in terms of their coaching decisions where I felt to myself, ah, I this feels like an ego-driven move to me. Nonetheless, they bring in uh, Nick Sirianni, and now they're in a position where they refuse to relinquish any kind of control because they've been through so much in the, over the past two coaches, and they and, and they, they they've solidified it with themselves that you know they can't afford to um, let. I hate this analogy, um, but you know the old um, metaphor of letting the prisoners run the asylum that yeah, kind of thing the, the inmates run the asylum yeah yeah, yeah 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 i hate that i hate that but i guess i'll put it to you this way like it's, it's like it's like letting the um like letting the students run the classroom yeah i know what you mean like like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so, so the teacher comes in and the, the students are taking over and- right 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 so they're trying to avoid that but to me personally i think there's i think there's a balance that you have to enact right there's a balance you have to you know play around with you can bring you could bring in a head coach that has some kind of backbone that doesn't always agree with you, but you guys still work together. I don't want anybody around me that's always going to agree with what I want. Yeah. Because at that point now I have blinders on. You know, I need somebody that's going to challenge my thought, you know. And you can and that can only keep continue that can only hold people accountable. So I think Jeffrey needs to establish more checks and balances for Harry Roseman. Um and allow the head allow the head coaches to have more control over what they do mm-hmm. rather than you know the, the the owner or the gm is dictating how they win games the way they win games like the, all those meetings that doug had to have un, unacceptable yeah so they need to look in the mirror lord knows if they'll do it but they need to look in the mirror and find out um if they've been doing things the right way all along 
And I just wonder, you know, I just really wonder. All you can do is wonder. Well, I mean, I think that, look, this is a good problem to have if you want to view it as a problem, whatever. But because they won a, went to, didn't win, went to a Super Bowl last year and have been to the playoffs three straight years, I think they're going to view it as, hey, look, sometimes sometimes you have an off year. This is an off year. A lot of, a lot of things went down to contribute to it. Uh, but ultimately, we believe in our foundation, and we're not going to do sort of the wholesale changes thing. Uh, and I, again, I'm, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit in, in in the sense that they may just stay true to who they to what their core beliefs are, um, if that makes sense. And that that is a, a distinct possibility, I think, uh, with the squad that they may do. Definitely. That. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. But, you know, I think we, we've talked a lot about Nick and we've talked a lot about the front office and, and to some degree the players. But let's talk about player accountability here. Let's talk about it on the offensive side of the ball, Tone. Um, whether that's Jalen, I'm going to say A.J. Brown, too, who's had a great year, but you fumbled that football, man, uh, before you got hurt. You know, Devontae's got to hopefully get back and be healthy. Give DeAndre Swift an opportunity. Give Goddard an opportunity. And offensive line – be better. Mm. We always, we almost often just automatically say you're the best offensive line in football. And I'm not telling you they're playing bad. They're not playing bad, but are they still the best offensive line in football? Do they need to step their game up a little bit here too, and stop sort of coasting a little bit on reputation? I think it's fair to ask. No, it's very fair to ask. You know, it's a lot of people that have been getting by on name alone. It's yeah. time for guys to start producing flat out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and whether that's the O-line, whether that's that's Jalen, I think I'm going to be really interested to see next year. I hate to go that to jump the next year when they have a playoff game. But where I'm going with this is what Jalen looks like next year. If there's a new OC in place and a new potentially maybe quarterbacks coach, I don't know how far up the chain it's going to go. But what it looks like, uh, because if we're seeing the same issues, if we're seeing the same turnovers, if we're seeing the same th- problems with the, with the with the blitz, then we're going to know it's a lot more on him than it is the way that he's being prepared during the week. And right now, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Definitely, definitely, and that's the part. And that's the part we're at, right? You can't really tell who's who, what's what. Um, I don't like that, but it is what it is. Um, what do you think? Is going to be their approach in this playoff game coming up. I mean, we're going to preview it as we get closer, but just right, just off the top of your head, what do you think is going to be their, you know, their mode of action, you know, um, in this game? What do you think? Who do you think they want to play through? Who do you think they want to get going? How do you think they want to do it? I I think that they're going to, if if AJ's right, and we haven't heard anything, but if AJ's right, I think they're going to utilize their best weapon and try to feed him a lot. He had a big game. I think he had nine for like 131 or something. He had a big game against them the first time around. I think they'll continue to do that. Uh, what I would do is I'd go healthy dose of Swift. Swift crushed them the last time. Uh, you know, this is a pretty good Tampa defense. It's not great, but it's good. Uh, but uh, that's the route I would go. <clears throat> I would try to get Swift going early, play off of that. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to try and go right away to A.J. Brown, um, I would love nothing more than to see Dallas Goddard get involved. <clears throat> he has – to me, it's just – it's a – you know, one week it's good, one week it's bad. He actually had a pretty good game against the Cardinals. And then for whatever reason, even without A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they didn't go to him <clears throat> when Jalen was still in there. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that I would like to see. Um, you know what I would like to see more than anything else, Tone? Throw everything you've been doing out the window. 
Yes. Yes. I would be totally happy if you just shocked them. Just shocked us with sin, like things we have balls off. Look, in that like, game. Like, 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 look, and obviously we're this is what we're thinking here. Yeah. But like, you know, um, just whatever you've been doing on offense, don't run any of those plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like whatever, whatever you've been doing, yeah. Just cut that page out of the playbook and just okay, you guys, we're gonna do these plays. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever you've been doing, just I don't know, shake it up. Get the magic eight ball and just See what see what, what what happens out of it, man. Just go, completely go against all your original tendencies. And right. Just do it. I, I'm just telling you, it. man. Why go, not? go go Bizarro world. Go, uh, you know, Why George not? Costanza in Seinfeld. I'm going to go the opposite here. You that, know, I usually order the chicken salad on yeah. rye. Give me the you know whatever. Tuna Let it be opposite day. Let it be yeah. opposite day. Whatever whatever you normally would do in that situation, do the opposite. That would just, that just would, see what happens. Yeah, like know. that would take real guts. I just. Like you imagine Nick and those guys going to going to those play meetings and saying, "Look, you guys, everything that we have been doing, you know, we're we're not changing terminology or nothing. You know, terminology is going to remain the same, but every play that we've run prior to today, yeah, we're not doing those plays. We're going to yeah. do every we're going to do every other play that we have in this book besides the ones we've been doing. Terminology still the same, you guys, but we're just doing everything. We're 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 going to turn the page on the on the playbook and see what's going on back here. You know, we're we're gonna." Blow the dust off this this part of the playbook and just find out where it goes. Well, you know I think what I, mean? what I also do is in the way I not that I need to pitch it or spin it or whatever, but what I, what I would say to the defensive players is, hey, guess what? Hey, hey, Hassan. Hey, Josh, uh, Josh, pin your freaking ears back and let's go. And we're going to go after this guy with everything we have, because on top of it, Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. He's not moving around well. He's got a bad, bad leg. He's got rib issues. Like, let's tee off, see how mobile he actually is, and let let's try and hit him a couple of times. You right. know, and hey, if we get burned by Mike Evans, we get burned by Mike Evans. We can always adjust as the game goes on. But let's come out of the shoot being uber aggressive. Let me send a. The, here's the other problem too with that though. Like, especially with Sidney Brown out, what linebackers or safeties do you do you want to be sending on a blitz? You know. <laughs> Uh, now that I now that I think about it, you know it's yeah. so funny. We you know, we we get it. We get ourselves excited, and then we actually think about the reality, and we're like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happens all the time, man. Um, look, man, I'm gonna watch this game with excitement. You know, I'm, I want them to win the game, but I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat the entire time because I have no idea how it's gonna end up. Well, you know, and the other part is, um, you know. Like the reality of your season being over Monday sucks. Just yeah. sucks. You, yeah. We had expectation of them playing. Uh, where's this year's in Vegas? Them playing in Vegas, you know, come February. You know, worst case, maybe they don't get out of the um, NFC Championship game against San Fran if you have to play there. Maybe, maybe that's worst case. You know, I mean, that's it's just it's tough, man. It's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, with the way <laughs> brotherly tough, I like that. He's he used the real playbook. Yeah, <laughs> run the ball, but he's he's not wrong. He is not wrong, man. Get it? You know, that's something that I think they could do. And it seemed like in years past, when all failed, they would go back to that, and it would work great. And they'd ride it for a couple of weeks, and then forget about it again. Maybe this is one of those come to Jesus moments. Man, I would I would tell everybody. I say, hey, O line, this is about y'all this week. Yeah. Okay. Because when you set that when you set that precedent, um, when you know when, when you when you make it 
that clear O-line, because you know that O-line, all they're looking for is a challenge. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you you tell them, hey, this is about y'all this week. I bet you they come in with a whole different energy. Yep. I, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I watch a lot of I, I watch a lot of military like war, like movies, like medieval type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watch a lot of carnage and um, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for those um those 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 uh, pivotal moments that shift yeah. that shift the tides of war, uh-huh. that shift the tides of battle. I'm a sucker for those uh, those conversations, those speeches. I'm a sucker for guys going against the grain. Yeah. So I'm with you, man. Uh, and no, I don't want Penny. I want Swift. I want Swift running the ball. I want Swift catching the ball. I want Swift involved in the offense. I know he's coming off illness. The good news is if he's over his illness, he should be very well rested having a, the off week last week. So uh, that's what I'm I'm looking for is him, you know, just coming out strong and then getting him involved, you know, more than anything else uh, in this offense. But, hey, look, you know, we'll do tomorrow. One of the things I want to dive into, we'll, we'll look back at the game itself when they played, see what tendencies, you know, were there, see what parallels we could draw, see how different it looks, you know, really on either side. Uh, of, of the of the ledger here, either team, but we'll get into that uh, as the week goes on. Get a little bit more into that. Wednesday is more starting to turn the page into the next game. Uh, and what we'll do too is because there's games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I think tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we start or Thursday, we'll start looking at the Saturday games uh, around the league too. And and you know, a lot of this is fruition, you know, or attrition. Excuse me. Who is uh, who's going to be able to stay healthy and who's going to be ready to go? Uh, once it comes time, but certainly, at, you know, there's never a dull moment here uh, with the Eagles, and we'll continue that discussion also. All right, uh, want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening, uh, and just a reminder: uh, if you're going to be vulgar or a jackass in the in the chat, you will be blocked. So uh, we appreciate all of you guys who were great contributors to this show. Thank you, uh, thank you very much, and don't go anywhere. Uh, you got the National Football Show coming up with Tone to Shields and Dan Cilio. So Dan and Tone coming your way uh, with the National Football Show. So looking forward to that. And everybody, listen, have a great rest of your Tuesday. If you are in the Delaware Valley, uh, be careful on the roads because this is very real. We are supposed to get just inundated. I haven't been able to check what's going on, obviously, since we started the show, but it's supposed to be bad. So if you don't have to go out, don't go out. If you do, just take it easy, take it slow, uh, and be careful, please. All right, so we will talk to you guys same time manana. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. For Tone, I'm Rob. Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace out, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.